Don't say a word. Doc. I don't want to know your name. I don't want to know anything about you. Listen, Doc. Quiet. Doc. Don't Doc. tell me anything. Doc. Quiet. Quiet. I'm going to read your thoughts. Let's see now. You come here from a great distance? Yeah, exactly. Oh, don't tell me. Uh, you want me to buy a subscription to the Saturday Evening Post? No. Not a word. Not a word. Not a word now. Quiet. Uh, donations. You want me to make a donation to the Coast Guard Youth Auxiliary? Doc. I'm from the future. I came here in a time machine that you invented. Now I need your help to get back to the year 1985. You know what this means? It means that this goddamn thing doesn't work at all! Welcome back. Uh, this is Neo, and this is episode 88 of Gundam and MAHQ, and I'm joined here with Solbro and Chris. Guys, say hello. Yo. Yo. And uh, in this episode, it's going to be a celebration of the fourth anniversary of Gundam at MAHQ. And uh, for this episode, we're not going to be doing any mailbag or any Neo's news. We'll return to that in episode 89. So uh, to get, we're going to get right into these calls. And we just want to thank everybody that participated. And hopefully uh, we'll have more uh, next year. So uh, we're going to go into our first batch of calls. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. All right, welcome back to Gundam at MHQ. We're kicking off our anniversary call-in show with our first set of callers. So for you listeners who are going to be hearing this after the fact, we're going to have three people at a time. They're going to ask us up to two questions each, and then we'll just keep on rolling down the line to the next. So our lucky first group, uh, our first caller, Robert Hayes. Uh, what's your Mechatalk name and where you're from? Well, it used to be long, and then it got shortened down to Arbiter Gundam. <laughs> and uh, I was, I'm was i originally from Rockledge, Florida, if you know where that's from. And, uh, no idea. <laughs> near Cocoa Beach. And uh, I'm from uh, Provo, Utah now. I'm living there. Oh. And, uh, well, I guess uh, first question. Um, if you guys were put in charge of it, uh, what would you do for... Uh, an alternate universe Macross, you know, like they started doing alternate universes for Gundam. What would you do for an alternate universe Macross? That's a that is a broad one. Uh, <laughs> you guys have any thoughts? Uh, I'll do a series where it's um, you know the Zentradi fighting against the scourge of these invading Myclones that just swarm all over the place like like bugs <laughs> with their their Valkyries, their evil Valkyries. Or you could always do the reverse, where the Zentradi are the ones with music, and the humans don't have it. They're like, what is this, what is this crazy thing with this, this singing? There and, you go. Uh, 
And then you make uh, Miria. She's uh, she's the pop idol instead. She's the min main of the Zentradi. So <laughs> number one Zentradi pop idol. <laughs> Fighting against the the evil humans of Earth. I don't know. It's it's very difficult to to think because you know with uh, Macross, it's been thirty years of music based stuff, and you know it, they really they've never done an alternate. They've done alternate within their reality, you know, within their timeline, but nothing like an alternate alternate like with Gundam. So it it'd be kind of di- it, it's a very broad topic, and I don't think it'll ever happen. But I don't maybe. know that Macross lends itself to alternate universes like Gundam does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, its story, its main story is like you know, love and music will conquer all. Where Gundam, it's like it's just war, and you can always put the you know the war story, war orphans. They can you can translate those all over the place. <laughs> Damn, you sound like Austin. <laughs> oh, I do. Yes. Mm. Well, Maybe I didn't. I didn't do, say uh, anything horrible about war orphans. Just, I just hates, said he hates war orphans. Judo, judo and the junkyard kid. So yeah, I've heard. Orphans. <laughs> um, maybe you could do like World War Two meets Macross or something like that. Um, I guess. I mean, but hey, that's... why the hell not? You know, Nazis in, in transforming uh, ME two six twos. That'd be something. <laughs> Nazis in space. There you go. There you go. Finally, they had, had, had the whole Nazi thing with um, Kitchen Core. So that that was that was Nazi. That would be interesting. And then we had so, space. Um, Robert, you got another question? Yes. Um, and I had thought of this when I went back and saw the uh, Macross Frontier movie, the first one, for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and then listened to the uh, the review you guys did on it on episode seventy one or something like that. And you know what? I really have to ask Neo this question. Oh. Um, okay. What would you do if you were tied to a chair in a dark room and across from you, uh, tied back to back on chairs, is a serial killer and Ranka? And there's a guy in there and he says he's going to make you choose between one of those two. Where you choose stays there. Is, is this Saw the anime? I'm tied to a chair with Ronka and what was the other person? Because it was kind of going in and out. Oh, uh, um, You have to choose one of them and if you choose one, you and the other will go free, but if you don't choose, you all die. Well, luckily, this is something that you guys don't know. I'm actually a secret agent. So all secret agents we have in our back tooth, we have cyanide capsules. So I would immediately bite down and kill myself. So I would not be able to make that. Yes. I, I, I will not succumb to your... Uh, your 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 musings there and, and trying to control me like that. So that's all what right. I would do. An, an interesting answer for, for an interesting question. So... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, don't, ever bring, I don't ever bring up Rocket again. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> now, I sound Austin. now I sound like Austin. I'm channeling the general right now. He's, go, he's, he's right. giving You're channeling he's him giving... since he can't be here. He's here in spirit and in hatred. Yes. Well, you are his apprentice, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> we are like the we are like the uh, yes, he is the master and mind. Ernest, he's uh, and and, and he, he and hate lords, you know, we're, we're hate lords. Uh, he's Emperor Patine, and I'm I'm Vader with my mechanical legs and my no lords right, of hate. So uh, I had to ask. I had to ask. Ah, uh, it's okay. And I had I had to uh, you know make it as cryptic as possible. So <laughs> as right. usual. thank so, you. You're thank welcome. Thank you, uh, Robert. And next we have uh, Abinay Rao. Uh, hi guys, great to be here. 
Hey, hey, welcome, man. Welcome, man. Uh, congratulations on the fourth anniversary and all. It's been pretty good. Well, thank you, man. I, 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 I remember that uh, you had just come back from Japan from a trip. Oh over yeah, there. Gundam Cafe, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you must have had the adventure over there, man. That's awesome. I, I, at least with I know all three of us still have yet to go, but one of these days. Oh, I'll well, be my year abroad eventually. Ooh. Look forward to it. But anyway. <laughs> Go for it. Um, are you are, are you also on the Mega Talk boards at all? Um, not really. Actually, what? I, I don't really use it that often. I think my name is Slifer Two, but that's it. Oh, so you're just a lurker. You're not. <laughs> well, you're not. not <laughs> use. I've done it like once or twice, but I'm more more on the Facebook, more on the Facebook group. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a Facebook regular. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But go ahead, man. Let the people know who you are and uh, and hit us with your questions. Well, my name's Abby. I'm from the United Kingdom. And originally I was from Liverpool, but I'm now in a place called Sheffield studying Japanese in university. Oh, okay. Oh, awesome. Cool. So that's pretty good so far. Anyway, my first question. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do you guys have any particularly favorite like anime voice actors or anything like that? Oh, you've, you've never listened to the show then, huh? Uh, <laughs> well, well, I don't want that. No, what Neo's answer Oh, Akeda, man. No way. Yeah. Really? Like <laughs> I said, he should, never, he should never be translated. <laughs> Ever. Ever. And then outside of that, when it comes to the English guys, I don't know. I know ones that annoy me, like uh, Vic Mignogna. So. Oh, he annoys everybody, so that that doesn't stand out really. And I and I've had um I've had uh, Johnny Young Bosch overload, so you know. I think but, we all have. Yeah. I mean, he's good, but you know, it, it there comes a point where like you can be overexposed. But um, yeah, that's about it for me. I don't, I don't really I don't really pay attention too much to that. Not like Solbro and Chris do. So. Well, uh, I, I could definitely tell you my my favorite anime voice actor of all time is uh, probably uh, Cam Clark or Jimmy Flinders. Um, he was the original voice of Max Sterling on Robotech. Oh yeah, and uh, that that was my cat, man. I, you'd hear him in all sorts of stuff, man. And Leonardo the Ninja Turtle. And, and also Liquid. Yeah, he was Leonardo, wasn't he? Yep, he's been in a million games. And as uh, someone also pointed out, Kaneda. Yes, the original Kaneda. He was Liquid Snake, as someone just mentioned. Um, and most recently, I just watched the first episode of this yesterday. Um, he is the voice of Professor X in the latest dub for uh, the X-Men anime. Awesome. So uh, it's good to hear him back doing anime again. He does it from time to time, but not as much as he used to. So, yeah, that's my favorite, uh, um, I'd say, uh, uh, voice actor in English. Chris? Uh, English... I got got a couple. I don't listen to dubs as much anymore, but there are still some that I enjoy. Probably my biggest uh, English voice actor would be Crispin Freeman because he's just oh, awesome in so many things. So smart. I forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, who else is good? Um, Steve Blum, of course. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. He's he's oh. everywhere. He's awesome. Slurpy Spice. Spike. Yeah, yeah, man. I had yeah. so many times on Digimon when I was a kid. Awesome. <laughs> oh, thank God. Uh, Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just only watched Bebop recently. Oh. Watch as a kid. <laughs> also, also Mugen as well, and uh, Samurai Champloo. Um, and the official voice of Wolverine. Wendy Lee, she's also good, and so is uh, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, the major. Hey, yes, yes, indeed. Oh, what about she, the uh, she, what so. about the guy that's um, um, was Jet Black? He was in a lot of he was in a lot of ones too. You talking about Bo, Bo Billingsley? Billingsley? Yeah, he's yep. got a he's got a pretty extinct uh, distinctive voice and a, a blast from the past in the '80s. And mm-hmm. I know he was like in Fist of the North Stars, Uncle Phil from uh, Fresh Prince, man. Uncle Phil. <laughs> <laughs> 
He also does uh, quite a bit of like A and E documentaries. I've, I've heard his voice. I was like, wait a second. And we can't forget he was the uh, oh yeah, Bo Billingsley. Bo, yeah, he, he does that. He was also the narrator in uh, Outlaw Star. Always, always look. Yep. Always, always imagine. That's one I gotta say. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was, wasn't he? I always imagine Jet Black is telling the Outlaw Star story every time I hear his voice. <laughs> Waiting for him to bust out about Coltrane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Japanese, uh, just too numerous to list. So I, I can't even go into this because it's it's so it's so long. That'd Stop probably be there. the op- that'd probably be the opposite for me, where I don't know as many Japanese voice actors. As- oh, then it no, was Akeda. It would need. mean oh. it would mean nothing to you, so I won't list anything, and then nothing is oh, lost. <laughs> all you all you need is Akeda. That's all you need. All you I'll need. take your word for it. All right. Do you have another question? Um, yes, I do. Um, are there any good Gundam games that have been released outside of Japan? Because most that I've seen so far have not exactly been, or don't appear to be, pretty good. We've only had a few. Because we've only cause... had a few released outside of Japan, and you know, like you've noted, most of them are crap. Yeah. We've well, mentioned the a handful. Battle isn't getting released outside of the U.S. as of um, isn't getting released in the U.S. right now. So I had a chance to play that game and. Not 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 impressed with it. <laughs> oh, got released in America is or, or internationally. Yeah, because I've heard Federation versus Zeon was supposed to be pretty decent. Yeah, Federation versus Zeon is good stuff. You know, it's the kickoff to that yeah. Capcom arcade series that is mm-hmm. still around. Rise from the Ashes on Dreamcast is good. That's yeah, a very good. That's just terrible. It's just been a lot of crap that's been released, and now all we get is Dynasty Warriors Gundam. So oh, yeah. The good thing is, though, at least the Gundam games released on PS3 are region free, so it's not as much an issue anymore. You can get oh, cool. to play as as I did Gundam 0081. You know? I, I think the PSP is also region free, right? So there's a, quite a few Gundam games on the PSP, right? Yes. Uh, the and uh, DS too, right? Because um, yeah, yeah I, not the 3DS. Yeah, the the regular DS. normal DS. Normal DS, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, PSP has some good games. The uh, the Seed versus games are actually quite good on nice. the show on PSP. The uh, you know the whole the whole versus line on the PSP is good stuff. Now they're bringing oh, cool. a versus game to the PS3 Extreme versus, which you can get region free on on a PS3. So now it's not an issue anymore that used to be of. Well, we're limited to these games. You know they're uh, they're region locked. They're in Japanese because when it comes to an arcade fighting game like Extreme versus, you don't need to know what they're saying you probably know what they're saying anyway if you've watched the anime long enough yeah and most of the menus are in english so there's fewer barriers now than there were say five or ten years ago right right that is true i i know my um my favorite gundam game and i i own it is uh gundam versus zeta gundam on the ps2 um love that game i i it's 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 part of the capcom arcade series as chris had mentioned and i i, I think that game is the best um as of recently of course not much has leaked out except for the dynasty warrior games so um yeah yeah. How about mobile ops? <laughs> oh, you bastard. <laughs> you know I had to mention it. It is the whole reason why you got the Xbox, wasn't it? Uh, it, it yeah, it was the initial reason. Uh, and um, I wish uh, I wish it came out. I wish it came out full blown. It did in Japan, mm. and I'm sure it didn't, uh, it didn't last long, but oh well. All right. Well, thank you for your questions. And that brings us to the last of our first batch, the Mecha Messiah. Oh, it was our our featured topic last episode with uh, killer killer pilots. Uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, it's my first time ever on a podcast. Uh, my name is Jared Daly. I've only posted twice on the uh, Mecha Talk forums. Uh, I'm from uh, New York. Uh, oh. Yeah, that's about it. Are you from one of the boroughs? I'm from. Uh, 
upstate New York. Upstate? Uh, around oh. Syracuse. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, so, bro, there is an entire state of New York beyond hey, just New York City. I, man, it could have it could, it been New York City. I, I wasn't sure. I don't assume <laughs> someone means New York City unless they specifically say so. Oh, cool. yeah, well, on. But believe us, believe me, if they're from the city, you'll know. Yeah, you would know. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey, I'm from New York. No shit. I'm from New York City, boy. Not only, <laughs> not, not only that, but they would, they would make it a point to say they're from the city because they'd be insulted if you thought they were from upstate. Exactly. So. New York City. <laughs> Get a rope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's what's your questions? Well, uh, Robert Hayes took one of mine. Uh, oh, yes, sorry about, about uh, that. Yeah, nah, it's cool. Uh, have you seen uh, Sayonara No Subasa's Raws yet? Uh, no, I don't know anything about Raws. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I mean uh, Macross Frontier uh, movie two. No, I, I I don't know anything about Raws. Nothing at all. <laughs> Nothing at all, ever. What, what, what are these Raws that you speak of? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, okay. So, uh, have, you, have you seen the Blu-ray then? <laughs> the Blu-ray? <laughs> no, I haven't had a chance to see the Blu-ray yet. Okay, fine. I think Solbro has it on uh, on pre-torrent. Yeah, he, he should. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one torrenting, huh? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the dirt pirate, not me. No, no, I don't think we have any. It's a clean little internet version. <laughs> any of us, have, none of us have seen it yet, but I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing it in a very, very, very near future. When it comes out legally. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Never so in I'll America. Soul Bro, have you ever responded to General Hate after he made that one call in while you weren't there and he uh, talked a whole bunch of funny things about you? <laughs> oh, I, uh, off mic, yeah. <laughs> The next time I saw him, which I think was when we did the Capcom, uh, the Capcom haters uh, panel, you know, we, we we had talked and you know we always we always have jabs towards each other and and, and back and forth. But uh, I, I put him on blast during that Capcom haters panel, so I, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> if he wants to retort, he's more than welcome to. But he had his shot. That's all right. Me, I'm sure me and the me and the general will be uh will be do, squaring off again about something frivolous sometime in the future. Oh, I, I already know what the topic is, and oh. it's going to be a humdinger. So. Sweet Jesus, am I walking into another buzz all? <laughs> oh, you, you have no idea. You have no idea. Awesome. So, oh, thank, you, uh, thank you for your questions for all three of you, and we're going to move on to our next batch. So, Solbro, do the oh. honors. All right. All right, we have our next batch of callers. Our first one is Alain Mendez. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi guys, uh, I'm Alan, uh, otherwise known as HeSweetRT on uh, Twitter or uh, HeSweetRT on Mecha Talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm from the Reverse Thieves blog and uh, the Speakeasy podcast. Long time listener, first time caller, as it were. I, how much have people discussed, you know, the Gundam of Rage? so far during this little <laughs> chat. Oh, you're actually the first to mention it. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. Um, uh, my question is, I found that everybody was like, boo, Gundam Age is for babies who are in baby <laughs> carriages. And it is about babies. It is about infants who fight in their strollers with paintball guns. With their cell phone controlled Gundam that talks. Now with 4G. And then episode two, the age system was introduced, and they're all like, Gundam Age is the bestest Gundam ever! Why did the age system save all of Gundam? And why didn't G Gundam and Zeta Gundam have the age system? Because mm, it wasn't Nobody thought of. Knew, 
Nobody knew what a 3D printer was back then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still a relatively new piece of technology. I wouldn't expect that anyone would have even conceived of a 3D printer back in 1985 or 1994. But it just but, seems like, how much do you think that the rest of the show is going to be people oscillating every episode and, my God, this is the worst Gundam ever, and, my God, this is the worst, uh, best Gundam ever. It's always, always, with every Gundam show. I mean, just look at Double O. Uh, yeah. Before it started up, we mentioned this, that everyone was like, oh, the, the character designer, she's done, you know, uh, Shonen eyes, so it's going to be gay. Look at those characters. It's the gayest Gundam ever. These guys are all gay. Look at Tiaria. He's gay. You know, and they just wouldn't shut the hell up about that. And then there was all the bitching, too political, not Gundam, too boring, too slow. And we got around to season two, and suddenly, you know, too many UC tropes, uh, not original like season one. And I remember reading comments with season two, like in the second half of that, that pretty much every episode that came out every week was like the worst thing ever and worse than even the previous one and the worst of the entire series and the ending sucked blah 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 Gundam yeah. fans are just a bunch of uh, fickle whiners some of them you know mm -hmm. the very vocal minority that are not the reasonable ones like say the ones who listen to this podcast and yeah, post on yeah. talk mm -hmm. so um, you know there's just gonna be that complaining every day every episode you know there's people like uh, you know, for those who post on Mecha Talk, who uh, might have seen this guy, Tetraval, who just went nuclear about age and then ran off to Anime Suki to bitch about it there, got right. banned from there, came back to Mecha Talk to bitch about it more, and then got banned from there too. So there's always just going to be some moron complaining about something just to get attention. It's going to happen every episode until it's done and until long after it's gone, and then it'll start all over again with whatever the hell the next show is. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I agree. <laughs> with, I agree with that answer. <laughs> and with the internet, it it, it just it always yeah. it ends up being fee for pitch. So oh. um, yeah, when when it comes to opinion, so it, it it'll it'll shift on the dime and it'll continue to. And um, I I don't think we'll get an accurate opinion of the show from these people until after it's done. And yeah, I, two year, two years from now, when the two, next show <laughs> next show comes up, and now the age will be a classic, you know. Mm -hmm. So they yeah. can bitch about that show. So. Yeah. And I would just say, like, for people complaining about the character designs that it's so baby and yada yada, mm -hmm. if you looked back in 1993 at V Gundam, just on the surface, the fact that it had all of these young kids and the main character was 13 and then the animation style was, like, more simplistic compared to Zeta and Double Zeta, you would think that that's a show for babies. Yeah. Yeah. Then the damn show is so gory and, uh, you know, Hell depressing it. at times. Hell, it <laughs> had a baby in it. It had a baby in it. It had that yeah. baby, and then it had uh, Marbet's space baby later on, or new type yeah. baby. And, so. and that baby witnessed horrors that most people don't see in their whole lives. Exactly. <laughs> so... I'm not saying that age will be the same, but it just shows that judging something by character designs or animation style alone is uh, stupid. Well, come on, Chris. That's that's uh, that's the way of everything now. We always must judge things by its cover and not yes. by uh, what's in it. Or, or you know, rather, the magazine scan, the blurry that, magazine scan. Exactly. <laughs> taken off a uh, taken off an old uh, iPhone 3s. Yes. You, know. you got. You, you have another question there. Oh, and my second question is: All right, Bandai has finally shielded you guys enough that they've decided to uh, let you make executive decisions. Ooh. And you guys get to pick the next. The band who does the opening and closing of the next new Gundam series. Who do you pick from all... You, you have unlimited... 
money because Bandai, you know, you're Bandai shills, so they're will they're willing to spend any amount of money to get the bands you want to do your next the next Gundam opening and closing. Who do you guys pick? Oh, fellas, I got this. I got this. Okay. Um, easily, I've always wanted. I always wanted this to be. I always wanted to do an AMV to this song to Gundam. Um, so I always wanted to see this an opening for Gundam. Um, I love Jamiroquai. I've loved them since the first time I ever heard them. Yeah, but he's saying what band, He's saying what band, not what song. So well, I'm just, I'm just you saying Jamiroquai. Then well, I would like Jamiroquai, and I would I, if I if I had them do a uh, a redo of their song, I'd like them to do Emergency on Planet Earth. So that's as specific as I get. So that's that's my favorite oh, song from them. That's a pretty huh? old song, isn't it? Yeah, it it was in the, off the first album, but Emergency on Planet Earth would be perfect for a Gundam series. I, I love that song. It's and, all um, fantasy land, so you can pick whatever <laughs> songs or bands you want. There you go. Well, that is definitely my pick. And uh, you guys got any um any any bands or, or songs and questions? So you'd, you'd want he said opening and closing. So do you have another one, Silver? Ah, uh, um, closing. I, I I'd have to think about that. I'll I'll let you guys go. All right, uh, this is simple for me. Opening Led Zeppelin, closing Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all, what's what, for what, what, what? All, all four openings and endings four so what, new uh, songs by led zeppelin four new songs by pink floyd Damn. so what um what uh what song up here that'd be the longest ending ever i hope it's not like uh the wall or um wish no. you were here echoes i'm gonna put i'm gonna put uh guns to the heads of uh gilmore and waters and be like Bitches, you got a minute ten. Go. <laughs> so if we're doing, if doing something like that, then okay. Then so it could be anybody because you would need to re- you would either need to resurrect John Bonham or something like that. Well, so. I mean, with their current membership, I'm I'm not going to bring back corpses. So whoever's okay. alive out of those bands. So is so is his son. Candyland, um, Neo. Candyland. Damn. <laughs> so they can't be dead. We can't reanimate them. No, oh, no, no. If you can you can dig out of the back catalog because once again Bandai is throwing down their big money. Yeah. Okay. Now, okay, what I would do is I'd have them reanimate Jimi Hendrix. Oh. Him do the opening, but I'd, I'd specifically have the show about nothing with an actual black pilot, not um, not Laurent, you know. So. Oh, damn. <laughs> like a, a Captain Cisco, you know. Like Captain Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> And then, for, and then for the ending, have to be uh, "Hangar 18" by Megadeth. Man, come on, Ooh. that's that'd be Ooh. a great song for an ending. Man, look at you! Well, you I have a lot. This mobile suit piloted by this Captain Cisco-like character look like a mobile suit version of the Defiant. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but bigger. And, it transforms. And it transforms, and uh, he would have, of course, he'd have shaved head, uh, beard, and be uh, militant as hell. He'd have he'd wear nothing but black gloves. He'd have his uniforms, but he'd always wear black gloves. Mm-hmm. And he'd have a he'd have a slight scar down his cheek, his right I'd, cheek. I'd pay to see that. So, <laughs> thank you uh, very much for your questions. And we'll with, with, uh, insert, with insert songs with uh, George Clinton and the Chili Peppers. So, you got to have that funk in there. Nice. Moving Thanks, on, guys. To... You're welcome. Oh, you... You're welcome, man. Moving on to our next sucker. I mean, caller. Good, good old uh, Alex Benson, aka Snoops. Welcome back. Hey man, how's it going? Snoops, man, freaking <laughs> awesome, dude! You, you, you're a call-in show veteran. It's good. Yeah, to hear. three shows. The mm-hmm. Brits, the Brits are in full force because we had a Brit in the last one too. I just got to yeah. hold on to my wallet once it starts hearing the Australians come in. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably slip through the internet. Watch, watch your wallet gonna be any once, uh, once Moo and and, uh, and and Vent Noir get here. Exactly. <laughs> Eight in the morning for them. So. Uh... Ooh, man. 
Well, it's 11 for me, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. But go ahead, tell people about yourself, man. I'm from England. That's mm-hmm. about all I can. That's, that's all you need to know, really. Word. Oh, secret agents. <laughs> you know? It's on a need to know basis, and you don't need to know. Hey, I thought <laughs> I was asking the questions here, not me. <laughs> Well, we got well, a test going here. Cut off his mic. Cut off his mic. Shut <laughs> up. Answer the question. Shut up. Well, go for right. it, sir. What's your questions? Um, well, just, uh, you know how before the O movie we had the whole uh, Gundam needs more aliens. So uh, we finally got those. So what's mm-hmm. the next big thing for Gundam? What's the new thing that we all need in our Gundams now? <clears throat> An adult <laughs> cast. No babies. Grizzled <laughs> <laughs> um, old men fighting in dirty GMs. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Gears of Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> <pretty much. laughs> no. Time travel? I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh my God! If if that ever ended a Gundam series, I don't know what I'd do with myself. Sexeroids. Oh, that's that's se- what we need. Gundam. There you go. A tr- I guess, I guess the only other one you could have would be the the true, true. You know, the Holy Grail. Everybody always talks about the true female pilot, the female lead. Not you know, not like the girlfriend of the of the lead or anything like that who ends up piloting. So um, the, the, the chick who gets the hand me down. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Hot armor to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> CM machine. Plot, plot armor removed when uh, <laughs> when this Gundam was handed me down to you. Yeah, <laughs> and I lose all I lose all my normal senses once I get it because um, I, I'll get out there in a battle. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I that'd probably be the biggest one um, I would think is uh, with the alien sexeroid as a pilot. Everyone's happy. Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> with the with the alien one, even though we had the double O movie, that's fine. But we really haven't even explored all that they could probably do with the whole alien thing, anyways. I mean, the, the you know the things out on a uh, age, we don't know what that's going to be. But which, my opinion, and I think Chris has said this too. It, I think we're going to get in a desk code on that one. So <laughs> the fact that people don't know and assume that they're aliens, I think almost guarantees it'll be humans. Yeah, it's it's gonna be that whole thing. But I, I would probably say the the whole the whole girl pilot girl actual girl lead, you know. So but cool. right. I don't know Oops. what these, these guys say. Do you uh do you have another question? Um sort of yeah, is uh, too early to call Sobro's man for rage or uh No, it's 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 clear who that man is. Oh I hate you guys. <laughs> It's it's uh, Dick or or DK or however the hell you say his name because in yeah. one mere episode he instantly made himself a Solbros man with the Hey GM Liam, maybe we shouldn't go in there. You know it's dangerous. We should go evacuate like everyone else. Yeah. Hello, Emily. Where are you going, Emily? You can't do that. Oh no, you can't go into the battleship, Emily. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, that looks dangerous, Emily. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Totally uh, a Solbros man. Yeah. As someone said in the chat, he is now that his his legend, Dick's, Dickie's legend, is going to be the uh, the legend of Sir Gawain. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can definitely... clearly see that right now. No doubt. <laughs> no, I I, 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 the jury's out on 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 Dick, but um. No, the jury, the verdict came in. The verdict I, uh, came in at the end of episode two. I hit yeah. you all. <laughs> hey man, always, always, always blame yourself on this. Yeah. You can you know. appeal if you want, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I thought Solbro's man could actually be decided by Solbro. I, I was mistaken. Your, 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 uh, your appeal will be rejected by the Anime Supreme Court and by Anime Antonin Scalia. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. Well, I, I, I have no comment then. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you again, you only have yourself to blame for this. Pretty so, much. Cry cry us the river about uh, King Arthur and Solbro's men. So no, no. <laughs> you, know, you know, Chris, I I like guys like Solbro and Jabman who who act like um oh, we, know, they're getting they're getting picked on even though they're the ones that instigated the whole thing that they're getting razzed about. I make one mistake. <laughs> hey, man. And I mistake pay, and I pay for it for eighty seven episodes. Yeah, sweet deal. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> You let the beatings sound, continue. You, yeah, but made it sound like it was just one instance hey, that I, brought that up, dude. You sat man. there for episodes, kept telling me and Chris, <laughs> "This is a crossroad, man." He's coming King up. Arthur coming up. I, um, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> really, the stupid ghost. But anyway, Snoops, uh, I think more. Thank you very that. much for your questions, especially that second one, and that comes to the last of this current batch, Mister Bushido. Hey. Hey guys, um, what's up, Bush- man? I'm, I'm Mr. Bushido on the forums. Real name's Nam, like Vietnam. No, I'm not a communist. <laughs> That's good for Neo to know. <laughs> Are you actually, now? Have I, you ever been a member of the Communist Party? I actually no. work with it. I'm at my at my job, so yeah. <laughs> um, just, just a little bit, just a little bit about myself. I am currently Sobro knows about this, but mm. I'm working on Stormtrooper armor. I'm oh, trying yeah. to join. I'm trying to join the 501st Legion. So, yeah. It would be pretty, kind of cool. I mean, it's a lot different from building Gundam models, so but man, way different. <laughs> you do wheel, you do wheeling Star Wars and Gundam, man. Yep. You multi, multi, you, was it? Uh, kinda, multi, multilingual. I kind of feel bad for you though, because I, I know during in a couple of years when George Lucas changes more about Star Wars, when he changes what the stormtroopers look like, you'll probably mm-hmm. have to change up your armor again. Because <laughs> that's inevitable. He'll probably, you know, they they should have looked like this. <laughs> he'll, he'll CG all stormtroopers to look like uh, Jar Jar. Oh God! <laughs> they all have Jar Jar helmets. Yeah. You guys just reminded me. And, and their me. voices are remodulated to all sound like Jar Jar. Just just remember who you're giving your money blindly to. So. Oh, I mean. These are not the uh, droids that we are looking for. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 don't worry. All, all my money's not going to him. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> don't, uh, don't uh, reward bad actions the way Solbro does with Capcom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, what's, so, what uh, what's your questions? questions? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my first one is um, <clears throat> uh, for. For both Gundam 00 and Macross Frontier, you had Graham Aker and Alto voiced by the same voice actor, uh, Yuichi Nakamura. Mm-hmm. So basically what I was – the first thing that came to mind was what would happen if they switch roles, like just switch the characters. The mecha stays the same. So you have Graham flying in a VF-25 and you have, Sal- you have Alto flying in a flag or or, or was it um, the Brave. So I was wondering like what – how, how what do you how would you guys think that will turn out? Cause, so if you did, if you took the characters and you transplanted them from the shows but left the shows the same, yeah, is that pretty what you're much. Saying? Okay, yeah, pretty much. Like, how um, do you think also would... Uh, would get killed instantly by Setsuna in, in the first <laughs> the first <laughs> engagement. Yeah, Setsuna's and, and, like, don't touch me, slice, slice. <laughs> and 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 Graham would ignore both girls in that, so there'd be no love triangle because <laughs> all he'd be focused on is killing the enemy. So um, and. and and polishing his his VF twenty five and Graham would be much. and Graham would be one hell of a Valkyrie pilot. Let me tell you. Yeah, I, do, I think I, he'd have a lot more woo. fun in the Macross universe. No doubt. Yeah, <laughs> he basically, I mean, by the end, the Brave pretty much was like a Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, he, I think he'd, he'd he'd have done much better in that universe. I, I, yeah. I love that Brave so much. Like the first moment that model kit was announced, I pre-ordered that thing. Like I want that now. 
Yeah, I, I kind of want the Damashi of that. I and have that too, actually. So actually, not that we, bad. And we wouldn't have that pathetic ending of "You, you are both my wings." Oh, <laughs> you'd be like, "None of you are my wings." The Valkyrie is more important to me. Yeah. <laughs> both my wings are on my Valkyrie. I'll yeah. see y'all later. <laughs> I'm, go I'm going to go do some strategy, but the war is over with. It doesn't matter. Somebody else will bring up something. It's gotta, time for strategy. Got a plan for the session. next war. Damn right, man. <laughs> Well, good, good question. Uh, what's, what's your second one if you have one? Um, is it okay if it's like a kind of like a two-parter? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, you know how pretty much the prequels was iron was iron grip controlled by Lucas. So I was oh, thinking. No. So yeah, I'm still in the Star Wars fix. I apologize, but it's okay. Um, <clears throat> you really so, want to hear our opinions on Star you can't Wars? Help <laughs> so part one is if there was another movie coming out who would you who would you like to direct them because i in the original trilogy empire and jedi were directed by two different uh directors uh empire was directed by Kirk, urban kirshner i forgot who jedi was um directed by mm -hmm. so who would you who would you like to direct these new movies if one was ever to come out like i would but I would say Peter Jackson would be oh. a good choice since <laughs> oh, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it'd be the it, longest. It'd be the longest movie ever. The the big if is when the hell does this movie take place? Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Uh, like you can like anything. It could be something from the Old Republic or the expanded universe. Anything. Yeah, I think Peter Jackson would be a a good choice. Uh, just to you know liven things up, I'd throw in uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, okay. Who's who's he? What's he do? I, uh, I've heard that he name did, before. He did uh, Blade Two. He did Hellboy. Oh, okay. He did uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Mm -hmm. okay. He was gonna do The Hobbit. Okay. Um, man. Uh, any other ones you can think of, Chris? That's it for me. Um, I got a few. J.J. Uh, Abrams, right off the bat, biggest Star Wars nut you'll fucking find. I was. Ooh, I cursed. Sw sorry about that. Um. And then uh, <laughs> I I'll guess you gotta put that explicit tag when you upload the episode. Oh no doubt, we might as well just let the let, let our freak flags fly. Fuck um, it, let it go. Fuck it, we're live. We'll do it or, live. Or, <laughs> or a Street Fighter sensor. There you go. There you go. That'd be that'd be too much work. Um, J.J. <laughs> Abrams. Um, definitely Joss Whedon because um I know he um is is big on Star Wars too. Mm, um, Joss Whedon, you think? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And Steven Spielberg. Uh, Steven Spielberg. I, I would like to see his take on a Star Wars because I know he'd really bring out the, uh, the the acting. You know, he's a he's he's a he's a he's a director that's great at directing actors. Well, he supposedly so. wanted to direct Episode Two, and Lucas said, "No, I'm going to do it." So we'll ne Luke. never know because he's Lucas. Uh, that that would that would have made Episode Two so much better because that was the worst of the prequels. Wow. No, Episode <laughs> One was the worst of the. Prequels. No, Episode One was the worst. Yeah. No, no, Episode Two was terrible. Uh, Come on, <laughs> Episode Episode One had that kid who sucked. Yo, you, Dude, he did. He did. But episode had, two was they aimless. Had a, they had a thirty-minute race about nothing. They did. A, a wannabe space uh, Ben Hur plus yeah. you know Jar Jar, Jar, Jar. Just cocking everything up. Oh At yeah. At least they cut <laughs> all of that down in episode two. Yeah. I'll but, throw out something else. Just uh, just the random fuck all. Mm -hmm. I like to see Kevin Smith do a Star Wars movie. Oh, <laughs> or at least write one. Or at least write one. Yes. Kevin Smith is an outstanding writer, and he can write dialogue like nobody's business. He would business. write. He would write a Star Wars movie about people talking about like. And blowjobs and, and farts, yeah, and farts. You know, and... sexual banthas or something mm -hmm. like that. I don't, I don't know. It'd be awesome. It, it would make Anakin look more or less of a pussy, no doubt. <laughs> well, my, uh, my, my director, of course, since of this course, a big action movie. There's only one man you call in for big action movies. Brace yourself, no, 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 Michael Bay. 
Why? <laughs> but, oh, he would do a hell of a lot better job than George Lucas did. I, I won't dispute that. So I won't either. <laughs> I didn't say he's writing it. I said he's directing. You cannot you cannot discount that man's directorial ability. It's, it's sometimes you have to deal with the crap you're given. You know, it's written for you. But come on, great greatest action movie ever. Bad Boys Two. He did it. And if and it see they would you, you would have good humor in it. You would have probably Dan Marino. That would work because you could put Dan Marino in the Star Wars universe, and he's always good. What the hell? So, yeah. <laughs> space football. Space football. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess. I guess anybody could be better than Lucas, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I, to be honest with you, Spike Lee could be better. Than Lucas. All, all jokes aside, I, I, I think anybody. I think even um, short of Uwe Boll. Yeah, that was oh, the yeah. only person I'd say probably. <laughs> or, or maybe Paul W. S. Anderson. Oh, he's yeah. the one that does what? Sword. The Resident Evils. Yep. Yeah. He did Resident Evil <laughs> and Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Uh, well, Mortal Kombat wasn't bad. Yeah, but it was way in the beginning of his career. So yeah, and it didn't age well. No, it didn't. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> Well, so. ne- well, neither did the Star Wars prequels. And <laughs> well, they, 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 <laughs> they're younger. They, it's not. It's not that they didn't age well. They arrived rotten. Yeah, <laughs> and no, they arrived funny. already spoiled. So uh, you had a second part to your question there, Mr. Bushido. Yeah, if another movie was announced, um, I'm not sure if you guys would know, but like. What would you like it to be? Like, as I said before, like something from the expanded universe, the old republic, um, anything like. When I say expanded universe, could be something like you know what what happens after uh, Return of the Jedi, like something yeah. like like the was it the um, Thrawn trilogy that or was it the Yuzun Vong uh, war, oh, the, the new Jedi Order stuff. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah. You can it could uh, be that or anything. I haven't really read much. I've only read two Star Wars books. One of them being. Um, Shadows of the Empire, which was would have made a great movie as a like episode five point five sort of. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like, like to the, see something like, like. Is it the remnants of the Empire? Is that what it is? No, it's, it's set name. in between uh, oh, okay. Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. This one oh. supposed. This one supposedly explains why they didn't just go to Jabba's hut to rescue Han like right yeah, away. It right? explains basically the whole gap between those two movies because it's like a two year uh-huh. gap between yeah. those movies almost. Or one year, whatever the hell. But anyway, I'd like to see something like after the fall of the empire because it shouldn't be like, yay, we won. End of story. There's peace. You know, there'd be a lot of imperial commanders out there like Thrawn who'd be like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see about that. You, I mean. <laughs> It's called the Galactic Empire, for Christ's sakes. I don't expect that all of these guys would just lay down their arms and their starter stores and be like, okay, you dirty rebels, uh, you guys can take over the galaxy now. Unlike, <laughs> robot, unlike, the, unlike robot Chicken, was like, oh, the Death Star blew up, Emperor's dead, oh, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> So I would like to see like, you know, the um you know, the fractured reconstruction of trying to build up a new republic, trying to deal with all of these imperial remnants, you know. I guess like a post war Iraq in space would be something I'd like to see. Or a Star Wars Marshall plan. <laughs> yes. That that too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to see it because I've, I've had Star Wars fatigue. And really, to be all honesty, episode or Empire Strikes Back is the only movie you need to watch. But I, I agree with Chris. I think something at the post, the post-galactic Empire issue would be good. And not necessarily like immediate, the immediate aftermath, maybe, you know, six months to a year later. Like you said, you would, you would, you have these, you'd have all these commanders with these huge weapons of destruction all over the place. And I, they're not just going to sit there and go, oh, well, the emperor is dead. So, you know, they'd probably be looking at making their own little, um, 
areas themselves. Yeah. So um, that would be very interesting, but uh, I'd probably hold my breath on that one and die. So. <laughs> or hold, hold your breath and wait for George Lucas to die. Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, it's, it's got a better chance if he dies. <laughs> and he takes all his rights with him. His last will is like, no one would direct Star Wars but me. All, all copies, all original film negatives of the original trilogy will be completely destroyed. All that you will have is the final version created right before my death forever. Yeah. No! Exactly. So, so. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Bushido and the other people on this batch. So we're going to let thank you me. all go and bring in our next batch of questions. Sobro. All right. We've got our next batch of listeners calling in. So first up is Andrew Kenlin. How you doing, man? Where, where are you from and what's your mecha talk name if you have one? Hey, Chris. I'm, I'm doing all right, man. Uh, actually, I'm from uh, New Jersey. And I actually, believe it or not, I do not have a mecha talk name. Oh, filthy heathen. Go back to your, your Jersey Shore. <laughs> Come take to Facebook your, your Jay like Wow you. and your nice, Snoopy Chris. with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or launch right in with the insults about New Jersey. I can't help myself. I would rather prefer a Sopranos re- reference, but I guess that'll do too. Oh. <laughs> See, I used to go work with a guy from uh, New Jersey. And he would yep. go on and on and on and on about how awesome Bayonne was, and I would just <laughs> shit all over him. <laughs> literally? You'd literally like, pull your pants down and just cramp right there in the middle of the floor? Yes, right in the middle of work. That's lovely. I didn't last long at that job. Okay, <laughs> what's, uh, what's your first question? Uh, my first question is, um, I've noticed you guys have talked about it. Like, you never devoted a full topic, though. Um, have you guys, do you guys plan to do an anime spotlight on Ideon? Because I'm very interested in hearing now you guys, your thoughts yes. on say, like, the deaths. Yeah, just just a big way to, to think about that. Look how long it took us to get the bubblegum crisis. It's oh. not that we don't. <laughs> and it, it, it's not that we don't think about it. It's just yeah. that we try to keep it. We try to keep kind of break it up at times. And you know, sometimes we go through an area where we do a bunch of like situational topics. And then like the last couple episodes, we've done nothing but reviews. So it's just kind of like how we're feeling, what's there, and you know, sometimes we need to devote. We kind of actually have to devote time to watch these things i mean yeah. uh doing like Let's a movie or yeah quick little uh podcast sausage making a lot of the times when we do reviews <laughs> of some of these shows that involves us having to re-watch that entire show because it's been years since we've seen it yeah mm-hmm. we want to be you know up to date and knowledgeable so one of the reasons want... we've been holding off on stuff like full metal panic nadesco all of that shit was because it means sitting down and rewatching it in addition to all of the other stuff that we all do. So that's why sometimes it takes a very long time for us to get to these things that we mention in passing one way or another, but um, haven't gotten around to in a detailed discussion. Now, see, they say that, but they're actually lying. It takes people like me going on YouTube and bitching about it for about 35 minutes to actually get them motivated to do it. <laughs> well, you're, you're already wrong because we did Bubblegum Crisis. We did Pat Labor, and we did Star Driver on Chaos Theater, so there you go. Well, see, I'm not wrong. Y'all are just catching up to me, so y'all are just... <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you'll never, we'll, we'll, you'll, we'll never be right on Zoids. <laughs> yeah, that's never, never gonna happen, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, alright, uh, if that's the case, uh, what, what would be your next question? My next question, this is to directly you, Soboro. If uh, Doc Brown came to you and with the DeLorean said, all right, you got two choices. You can either save Emma or Haman Khan. Which one will you save? Oh, this oh, is a no-brainer, guy. Uh, man, He's going to pick Emma. I'm going to pick Emma, yeah. I, I got to say. Actually, you should have said Emma or Ryu. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 
Actually, yeah. you would go back in time and say Capcom because they're on fire <laughs> for everybody at this point. Yeah, but it, so is so is Warner Brothers for uh, all the DLC that's in uh, you, you can go back Batman in Arkham City. You can, you can save <laughs> Mega Man Legends three or Ryan. Oh. Hey, that's hey hey hey. That's what I would do. I would go back and save Legends. <laughs> It'll never happen. I know. Oh. Oh, poor legends. Yeah. Uh, I, I, a machine, most definitely. Um, Haman, as much as I like her, she, she did some dastardly deeds. So I, 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 I if anything, she's Dunder got her tone for that. Done dirt cheap. Yes, indeed. <laughs> with, with ACDC playing in the background. And but they Chris both, they both kind of died stupidly. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they have that in common. Space <laughs> madness. <laughs> I just jump in the DeLorean Gundam and save Emma. There you go. DeLorean <laughs> <laughs> Gundam. Fold out rain doors and everything. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for your questions. And uh, what's your YouTube channel? People can uh, watch your videos. Uh, I don't have a YouTube channel either. I'm too lazy to make videos. Oh, you're thinking of Eric? You're thinking of um, our, our good friend Eric? Hi. But uh, who will be coming up very soon? Sorry for the mistake. But anyway. Oh, whoops. <laughs> way to be way to be well informed. <laughs> Shut up! Like you should talk. <laughs> hey, I, I don't. I don't position myself as knowing everything. Counter. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I anyway. activate my trap card. All right, sorry. <laughs> nice. Sorry. All right. Next up, we have our old pal Dalo. Hey. Hey the, guys, how are you doing? Man, our our our, our intrepid man in the field. What's going on? Podcasting slave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of angry right now this week because. Because uh, some fool, some damn ass trolled, uh, trolled pretty much the entire Final Fantasy forums and all of that out there. I don't know uh, if you guys heard this, but somebody made up a fake image that Stephen J. Blum was actually doing a voice for the still unannounced uh, Type Zero game for the PSP from Screen. It's <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. God, that I was. I didn't so know fun. it was. I didn't know it was troll work. I thought it was just rumors. No, it was somebody. It was a. It was a fact of a troll. I knew for, from the very beginning, but I wanted to believe it. The only way I knew it wasn't true... <laughs> you, you were Fox Mulder, you wanted to believe. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to believe. But Stephen J. Blum doesn't use a BlackBerry. He uses an iPhone. That's how I knew. Wow. Oh. Aha! The, the devil's uh, in the details. The game is afoot, Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of that, my first question... Um, uh, my first question is, uh, have you guys played Valkyria Chronicles? And if you have, what did you think of it? No. <laughs> Direct to the point. Um, yeah, I, well, I haven't played it, so I don't. I can't say anything about you, it. So. You don't have a, an opinion about a game that you haven't played. What? Oh. What is this? Man, this is the internet, man. You're supposed to have it's a, the internet. You're supposed to have opinions about everything, even need, things you know nothing about. Need jerk opinions. Really? Things really? You know I, I, about. I didn't know that. I didn't get that memo. Need, need jerk opinions, man. They're they're oh, they're, okay. they're 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 well, in fashion. Well, you know what? In that case, <laughs> it's it's the greatest freaking game ever. Woo! Well, it's the best RPG of this generation, in my there opinion. You there you yeah, go. I agree. Damn, but rolling deep. And I, I've never played it, but I know it is. I can tell. Sweet. Yeah. I can tell I by the artwork. I played the, the demo, and it's one of those games I've always meant to get around to, but uh, there's just so much crap on my plate that it'll be a while before I do, so... And RPGs can be the devil because they can. And, and Sobro, I'm sure, doesn't have time in between. You know the DVR. There you go, the DVR and all the all the show you can. I'm throwing. Is is there anything with <laughs> anything dealing with Capcom in it? Oh, you bastard! Uh, it's Sega, so nothing of interest. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's Sega. So. It's like anti Capcom at this point. Yeah. Okay. So. Hey, look, look, look! I've been playing a lot of Guardian Heroes, so y'all suck it up. That's <laughs> fine. It's your choice. Oh, but, yeah. if, but if you haven't played it, that's fine. <laughs> good count. good response good 
Keep keep him in his place, Della. Uh, well, in any case, my second question. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious. When it comes to manga artists, uh, do you guys have a particular manga artist that you like or or character designer that you do? And just for the uh, the sake of shortness and trying to keep it different, you are not allowed to say Yaz. Oh, well then. I um, say that. Um, I think um, I forget the guy. Uh, Silver, you might know who who did, who's the guy that did, uh, drew uh, Tengo Tenge. So oh, great, right? Oh, great, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, he he's pretty good because he does breasts very nicely. No doubt. So, um, <laughs> very uh, natural and round and moist looking. Yes. Um, I don't know about moist, but um, glistening. Yeah. There yeah. you go, glistening. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, to be honest with you, I don't really have any th- um, in either way because I think um, sometimes it, you know it just kind of depends on the story of how they look, you know. And you know, some some guys can be great um, great drawers of one type of story, but maybe not the best on something else. So it's just I don't know. Usually, I kind of read that stuff more for the story. It's just like comics. I don't really get too much into the the, the art as much as I do like the story. So yeah, I figured I, I figured as much. I, yeah. I just ask that sometimes people have preferences. Like yeah, some people prefer the the art style of the '80s, and some people mm-hmm. prefer the art style of the '90s. That's kind of what I was going for. I you know, I'll be honest with you. I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me because it's even like within comics, like American comics. You know, um, in in the early 2000s, they went to more of that uh they almost went kind of like a, a an, an anime look to an extent on some of those things and then they went to that more jagged look where everything's kind of not in focused and you know it's a little bit harder harder edged but um it's again it just it really comes down to the story with me when it comes to that stuff so i'm not really a nazi either way with it so well, that's a good thing yeah i mean god forbid you read the stuff for the story right i, I could care less because <laughs> I could care less who's on inks on this uh, on on this uh, on shoe inks. up, <laughs> dude. dude in, in in the American comic book circle, there's a yeah. lot of people that are like, "Oh, this guy did the inks and stuff," and it's like, "Are you serious? Hey, you, you, you're not. You're going beyond who who got the freaking color palette right instead of like." <laughs> The substance of the story, <laughs> you know, it's kind of those silly. black lines are so gorgeous to look oh at. Oh my man. god, the, so the, rich. The contrast of you know. Just look at that pencil work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a master of the pencil, even though it's the most ridiculous, stupid story we've ever seen. But it, it's got to be one of the greatest issues ever made. So just look at just look at All Star Batman between uh, Frank Miller and Jim, and Jim Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <The> crap. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So that's my All take. Right. Well, well, Chris, David, um, uh, no, I would say Ichiro Oda just because he's out there and One Piece's designs are so crazy. Yeah. He also does breasts nicely. There you go. <laughs> and uh, just for that, that classic touch because he always has it, uh, Haruhiko Mikimoto. Who took one of mine? Of oh, course God. you would. Of course. <laughs> Every everything that you want, I will always take from you. Well, th- thank you, thank you. That makes- <laughs> there, there is nothing that you have that I will not possess. That makes me feel oh, so. I, I, I got another one. I'll take. I'll take from Solbro all the udon stuff. There you go. I hate you so much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew you would talk about it. All the, all the udon, especially the Street Fighter uh, stuff. Uh, yeah. Now you can't talk about it. So save us some time. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, I, I've got. Uh, I've got three. Um. Mazukazu Katsura, who is the um, the artist of Video Girl Eye and Eyes. Yay! Um, I love that guy. His work is so detailed. And he can draw um, boobies pretty too. No doubt, no doubt. And he show, he draws a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> Realistic. Oh my goodness. Um, Hirohiko Araki, um, the artist behind uh, and the author of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. His his stuff is flamboyant, but it's mad detailed, and he draws some oh, some horrible. awesome action scenes. Exactly. 
the world. And um, I guess I have two others. Uh, um, one of you guys hear me praise all the time is uh, Naoki Urasawa, who does Monster and Master Keaton and 20th Century Boys. His style is so Western, Western-like. I mean, it, his style is very comparable to, say, Disney and some of the, the kind of the old style uh, animation um, that, that used to come out. I, I love his artwork. And um, the last one is uh, uh, Sadamoto um, from, uh, from Evangelion. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, was it Yoshiyuki Sadamoto? Uh, he uh, he is he's one of my favorite uh, artists also, and he he did a great job with uh, Secret of Blue Water and Ava. And although they, you know that's the that's the show we should never mention. I I, I like his art. Dude, that was a like lot. five dudes. <laughs> Four dudes. Keep count. There you go. Oh, and I have one. I have one. I, I can't believe I forgot this. Is uh, Lazy Masamoto? Just because I like yeah. that style. I just always... I just I just knew you were gonna say yeah. that. <laughs> I, no, I, I love that style, but I, I like I like those retro futuristic oh, styles. No, yeah. no, it's very distinctive, man. I, no I, doubt. I, I, especially, I especially love the way he draws the women, you know, like, you know, with the big eyelashes and they're very, you know, they're very distinct. And hey, Queen Emeraldus. Oh, yeah. Her, uh, Kay, all those, you know, so, but all right. Right well, uh, Dalo, thank you for your questions, and now get back to your podcast slave pit. No yeah. dinner for you until that next <laughs> special's done. Uh, it's it's Gundam. Uh, what is it? Famcon or whatever that that Chinese company that makes iPods and stuff. Or we're Gundam Foxcon. 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 Oh, yeah, it feels like it. Gundam Con. Yeah. Well, I'll get on it because it's a. Uh, I should have started on the seventh, but I'm oh. getting a little getting a late start this year. So. Oh no! No, no excuses. Back to work. No food stipend for you this week. And now uh, you have. Now you know what I have to deal with, Donald. <laughs> oh. Shut up! Yeah, back, back to work too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get right on it. Uh, it'll be done by the by the first of this uh, of next year. Well, thank you, sir, man, and all your hard work, man, and and and, and I, I can't thank you enough for all the all the specials you've produced for us and 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 put out there for us, and and I I I I, I treasure you, man. You're the best. All right, this is thank about us, not him. <laughs> anyway, next we have uh, Crestborn. Hi guys, uh, my name's Eric. Uh, my name's Crestborn on the uh, Mecha Talk forums, but I mostly use the Facebook page because right. that that uh, I, I went three times to Mecha Talk in the past year, and I think Chris, you got onto me about double posting, which I did by accident, and I got onto me about my avatar and my banner, and I said something in French and I spelt it wrong. I don't even know what the hell I was. Fall in line, Yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, I will just leave that to those people, and I will stay on the pretty white Get Facebook. Line. He's, <laughs> he's straight face, straight. Facebooking. Yeah. <laughs> I try. It's I really about, do. It's all about Twitter. Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, so uh, I got two awesome questions for you guys. Um, first off, we're gonna go a little technical here. Mm-hmm. So, bro, why do you guys not, do, or even Chris could even be probably do this for you? Why do you guys not do a live stream or you stream a video of like? one of y'all's desktops why you guys do the live recordings on Sunday so that you guys can have like audience participation in the Ustream chat rooms and then you know so people missed it they can still catch the mp3 later but during the actual recording they could hear you guys goofing around in between the recordings and stuff like that and maybe even interact with the episodes because that stuff should not be heard (laughs) 
I'll give it to you. That, I'll, give, I'll give it to you that way. I'll do the whole political answer. If we were politicians, you know, there's things that we say to the public and the things we say behind closed doors. What possibly could you guys say amongst each other that everybody oh. in the chat room hasn't already been saying? Oh, you, 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 you'd like to be surprised. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, I, on top of that, I actually um um I, I I don't have anything to cross over the audio between Skype and um and the audio that comes from the mics yet. Um, someone actually posed that question, Saber, on the boards, and I looked into. Uh, uh, live stream but um i could not capture the audio from skype Honestly, and, and it, be able to bro broadcast it across it's pretty damn boring I, i'm just but, i'm i'm missing no, like I'm two it is, like, it's oh. it's not gonna be as exciting as you think it is at times yeah. <laughs> well technical issues aside um i just have yeah. no interest in it because yeah. i did a guest spot on anime addicts anonymous a while back and they mm -hmm. do that and just the whole like chat thing and trying to focus on the show and the other people on the show it's just too distracting it, it, it can be, and um, I, I if we do another call-in show, I'm going to fight real hard to do it. That way, we can avoid repeat questions. Okay. But um, other than that, doing do, when we record the show, having the luxury of actually being able to do something over and not embarrass ourselves is <laughs> is, is pretty is pretty cool uh, when we do it all offline. But the next it, live show, I'd I'd like to do I'd like to do it on live stream or something like that as well. And you have to remember on the on the regular shows, we have a situation now where the three of us are in three different locations now, so it's it can be difficult just to play off each other. But like what Chris said, you know, having to pay attention to what's going on in a chat too would be even more difficult. So okay, that makes sense. That's, I'll, I'll watch a lot of um, uh, Twit with Leo Laporte and all oh, of yeah. those shows. And well, they, he also has a Twit studio, as you know. We we well, have no Gundam studio. We have no Gundam brick wall. We have no Gundam. I know I'd send you going. I know I'd get you going. <laughs> so contrary that's to the, the difference between us. Leaf. I would like, like to be Leo Laporte and have all of that stuff that he has, but uh, well, no. The thing is, I also I'm also getting into web comics and stuff. Like since I've become oh. I've become a, a failed podcaster, which I will tell you guys about later. Mm -hmm. uh, Welcome I to the club. I, yeah, I know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, do you have a support oh. group going there? Don't look. Yeah, it's, podcasters uh, Anonymous. Yeah, yeah. Failed podcasters Anonymous. Forty dollars a, a session. <laughs> I need to pay my dues this month, although I'm sorry, man. I'll get to you eventually. Oh. But, uh, but no, I, I, I follow a lot of uh, webcomic people, and they do just a, uh, a screenshot of their screen, and they have a Ustream going. And yeah. so the, the audience participates mostly amongst themselves, but if they want to talk to the audience, they can chat or whatever. But it's an idea, but if you guys are already talking about it, that's awesome. Um, Neo, I have to apologize to you real quick. Okay. Well, um, I accept apologies. Uh -oh. Apologies well, no. for a question. That's not a good sign. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. I, so, I uh, take I take it you were wrong. <laughs> I was I was misinformed. I, I feel like I'm your brother or something here. All right. So uh, in the in the chat room, <laughs> no, I'm ill-informed, not misinformed. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> in the chat room, I saw a guy named Peter La Liberté. I thought I forgot your name was Paul, not Peter, and I knew that you have a, a French background or something. So mm -hmm. for about two point eight seconds, I, I thought you were yeah. I thought I, you yeah. were Peter La Liberté. But actually, Ooh. isn't that one of the that is uh, that is that is very hurtful. That is that you would confuse me with Peter Laberte. Oh, the pedal bear. The pedal bear. Oh, yeah. Pedal bears. That's that the pedal bears. Yeah. That's the pedal bear North. That's the original. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. I, Do you, you realize know. now the full extent of your insults? Yeah. <laughs> he apologized though. 
you know, I, it's gonna take some time to, you know, I, I can, I can forgive, but I can't always forget. So, well, uh, you know, you if could you also wanted... provide reparations on PayPal. Exactly, that's what I was gonna <laughs> say. I can send you my PayPal account, and you can start giving me uh, monthly reparations on this because this could be damaging. I mean, the fact of you even mentioning me in the same breath of him. Uh, uh, that that could be very damaging for my character. Good God, what did you do? Kill your dog or something? There could well, be I mean, a lawsuit. Yes. Yeah. Just like some Japanese girls. I mean, and G-Savior. You've never oh. listened to G-Savior one. Oh, he is the defender of G-Savior. Man, you guys were rough on him. Good God. Oh, oh, Let's go with, Prince of Darkness. With good reason. <laughs> yes. No, 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 hold on. Now, hold on. I'm getting off topic here. But, I mean, come on, guys. I know you guys are kind of having to ex- exaggerate it a little bit. But G-Savior was kind of like, you know, a 90s sci-fi series bad. It wasn't like... Yeah. I will oh, not just suffer anyone who says that G Savior is bad, but they enjoyed it more than Zeta Gundam. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Wow. I didn't yeah. see the fine Can print we on that. Can that it's just it's just a show that's not really a Gundam show? Can what? we acknowledge that it's not Gundam? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I agree with Xavier, that. Never heard of it. Don't know what it is. Don't like it. <laughs> See, I already, I already felt bad for him because he barely talked. He didn't talk very loud. He already kind of has a bad mic, and you guys were talking over him pretty rough. But I mean, now it's kind of like a technical thing. But I really felt sorry for him. I'm like, he just do not, like Caesar. Do not feel sorry for him. He is Satan. We have oh. figured it out. Oh, oh, damn. We, we, we love you when you listen we, to this. It's just tough love. Tough yeah. I figured out your game, Peter. I figured it out. <laughs> well, wait till he gets on, then we'll, we'll, we'll go on. Yeah. Oh, that, so. sweet Jesus. But I accept, your, I accept your apology, and if you want to uh, send me a message to get my uh, PayPal account information and start sending those reparations, it's, I'll it's just no send problem. You episodes of, I'll just send you episodes of My Little Pony to enjoy, so that, that's all. Uh, don't you no, start booing. Oh, we don't need yeah. anything from bronies here. Listen, listen, listen. There are, there are two types of bronies in this world. There's are people like me that just enjoy it for an awesome cartoon that don't go to Walmart and buy the crappy-ass pink toys or anything. Mm-hmm. Then you got the creepies that are probably who you're talking about, Chris. They actually buy the toys. They actually go and, and you know, nah, that that's the creepy aspect. So, people like me just like it because it's an awesome cartoon that has a feminist, you know, or not feminist, but a, a female lead that's like ponyist. the main character. Yeah, ponyist, sure, whatever. <laughs> I meant to say feminist. Now you're getting into all anthropomorphizing, and that's kind of creepy and, and near furry level, and yeah, we don't want to go there. So okay, yeah, second question. Let me get up that already. I'm getting I'm getting to my second question. I'm sorry. Second question in uh, Ghost in the Shell the movie. Um, mm-hmm. There was a reviewer named the Sage. Some of you guys may have heard of him before on uh, that guy with the glasses. Uh, he started. He usually does video game reviews, but he decided to start doing anime reviews, and he decided to review Ghost in the Shell the movie. And uh, two points that he had brought up that I thought I wanted to get you guys' opinions on. Did you believe that any of the philosophical comments that the movie made, like being born a woman and dying a child, or whatever the other things were, did they seem shoehorned and pretentious? And did you see the major as a character that was a heavily feminist-themed character because she was less of a sex symbol and more of a point of interest for the re- plot to revolve around. Wow. Um, on the first okay. point, I don't see the... You're talking about the original 1995 Ghost in the Shell? Yes, sir. Okay. I don't see that movie as pretentious with its philosophy. Absolutely the case with Innocence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the original, it lays it out, but doesn't lay it on so thick and have, you know, the... Um, you know, the hours of uh, philosophical debates in Professor Bato's uh, philosophy discourse uh, <laughs> yeah. individual credit class. I, I think with the original movie, it brings up the question, and it doesn't, it doesn't try to sway you one way or the other. It just yeah. brings it leaves up. it up to you to think of what the answer yeah. is. 
And uh, the major, yeah, definitely, um, you could argue that she's more of a feminist interpretation in that first movie because she's designed to look very bland because her body is like a totally stock body. Uh, she's not drawn as being particularly attractive compared to, say, her, uh, her Gitz sack counterpart. Mm-hmm. Or her original manga version. Which yes. Or her original manga version, which the Gitz yeah. sack counterpart is based on. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't really play up her sexuality other than just the scenes where she's naked for the optical camouflage, but that's functional. Yeah. Right. So yeah, she's a very non-sexual character in that movie compared to the manga and standalone complex. And obviously, you know, she's uh, she's in charge. She's She uh, pulls all the weight around, uh, gives all the orders. So definitely, you know, she is a sort of strong woman in command who's not played up as a sexual object. Object. Yeah, I but do you agree. Feel, but, but do you feel like that Oshi like had an actual feminist like uh, theme planned for her when they made her that way, or was it just they were trying to make her more of a like a robot? Because that was some of the opinions that this guy had said, and it really didn't set well with me. Like um, shoehorning in the philosophy and making her a actual like feminist character. It's just, I mean, I, I believe in feminism. It's cool. I mean, hey, women are fair and all that. But saying that an anime character that's a robot that's beating up on other robots is like a feminist movement thing. I don't know. It, it just kind of. That out of, that that he would kind of lose me there because feminism. Oh, yeah. We're looking at this Eastern Western cultural divide. Mm-hmm. Feminism does not mean the same thing here as it does there, and obviously the role of women in society uh, historically has not been the same here as it is there since you still have quite a bit of gender discrimination in Japan so that's like getting into cross-cultural mixings of standards and philosophies that doesn't necessarily pan out right yeah we, we have to we have to sometimes look at you know what we're looking at and and base it on you know there are cultural differences between east and west so certain things that we would think or you know we would apply our values to are not going to be looked at the same as yeah. what they have so we're looking from it from the eyes of people that it's not meant for yeah Pretty much. Especially something that was made in 1995 because, you know, it def- they never really definitely didn't think it was going to be coming over to the U.S. at yeah. those times. Well, it was co-funded by Manga, so they wanted it to, but I don't think they expected it would be a huge hit in America and not so much in Japan. But still, it's made, even though it was made for America, it was still made by a Japanese production staff with Japanese sensibilities in mind, first and foremost. Exactly. What do you think, Sobro? Um, I, I got to agree with pretty much with most of what they're saying. Um, if I think, anything, I think uh, he was thinking of Street Fighter. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> No, I, I, they, they they echoed pretty much what I was going to say in regards to that, and um, even more so. And I've got to echo that opinion. Okay. Well, real quick before I jump off here and y'all get the rest group in here, can I do one quick plug? Go ahead, you Go. shameless bastard. Thank <laughs> you. I'll let you do a plug uh, too after I'm hit just real quick. But all after. Right. <laughs> God. We'll just look it up. Okay. okay, all Go right. Ahead. So, anyways, um, because I said I'm a failed podcaster, I've decided to pick up something I do enjoy, and that's making a webcomic. It's based on Pokemon. It's called PokemonSaga.com. Mm-hmm. But for the Gundam crowd, in a year, we're going to be releasing another webcomic based on the 0079 side story, Rise from the Ash for the Dreamcast game, based on the White Dingo's uh, MS team. Um, it's going to be kind of an ultra version of that universe. The, the mega designs are going to be a lot cooler looking and all that good stuff. So, in about a year, I'll give you guys the links and you guys can stay up on that but if anybody in the audience is into a very very well written and drawn pokemon webcomic check out pokemonsaga.com thank oh, you right on all right and, dalo. Uh, dalo did we lose you dalo hello dalo oh, sorry about that i had to put out my cat 
Go if ahead. you're looking for food and supplies and even trees and toys so for your pets, can. the best place to go is Petco. Is Petco. <laughs> there you go. Cross promotion. Yeah, shameless promotion, but that's what I'm doing right now. In any case, it's not, I'm not I'm a field podcaster myself, oh. and this and we're not going to do this as a session, but whatever. In any case, I just wanted to put out a, a shout out to the Galleon Liberation Front who are trying to bring over Valkyrie Chronicles 3 on the PSP to the United States and into mm -hmm. the Western territories. I mean, they seem to be uh, making uh, headway. It's good, and I believe in it more than I do in the Legends movement. As much as I want Legends to come back, it's never going to happen. Oh. <laughs> These things that you like, they will not happen. Why? Because you wish it. Uh, that's you or, That's you and your relationship with Nintendo. There you go. No, that's just everything. Yeah, but Chris, I just want to put out a shout for them. Support them as much as you can. Uh, they're going to try and bring it over, and I and I have a feeling it might happen, but who knows. Word. And all that's right. all I wanted to say. Thanks, guys. All right, well, uh, thank you, gentlemen, for your questions, and we're going to move on to our next batch. Solbro? <laughs> All right, and we have our next batch of listeners here. In the interest of time to get through everyone and not be here all night, we're bumping it up to four people per batch and cutting it down to one question per person. So first, we have Saber. What's your name and where are you from? Well, hey, this is Saber, a.k.a. Ben from Germany. Um, my question <laughs> is, you talked in the past about some mecha mangas like the Seed mangas and uh, Gundam the Origin. Mm -hmm. And my question is, um, do you think that mecha as a genre as a whole is actually suited for manga i've read quite a bit that that seemed to be suited for manga i you know i've i've i i feel that it, it plays out very well i mean you want to kind of see mecha in motion when it comes to animation but i think manga can tell a very interesting story and sometimes a more detailed story uh, giving you a perspective that you wouldn't get otherwise in animation so um i i gotta say yes uh i i enjoy a code du ciel and uh and gundam the origin uh for for examples of uh, gundam based examples of, of manga that was that came across very well yeah i think um mecha is suited just fine for manga like pretty much anything else i mean it's got its advantages one being you can do stories that would never be in an anime like for example a franchise like gundam it would never be an anime based off of something like a code du ciel you know starring a young girl and you know, from her perspective and things mm -hmm. like being attracted to a guy and experiencing romance and all that stuff and set in between major shows where it is and using mostly old mobile suits with a handful of new ones thrown in. Something like that would never fly in an anime because they would want a dude and they would want tons of new mobile suits and you wouldn't have a story that's focused on, you know, character interactions more than plot. Yeah. The way that Ecole du Ciel takes its time. So, you know, each medium has its advantages. Of course, when it's anime, you've got a soundtrack, you've got voice actors, you've got mecha battles in motion, but, you know, different stories work better in different mediums. Yeah, I'd have, to, I'd have to say, especially with stuff like Gundam and all that, um, it works well because you have such a large universe and there's so many little subplots and so many things that are going on that it, just for the sake of time, you can't include it into all of these um, shows. So when you have it accompanying you know, through manga, it, it really enrich, enriches that universe. But, you know, just like Chris said, I, I think I think most stories uh, go well to manga. I mean, it, it, it's just, you know, you have to realize its limitations when you're developing the story and um you know just kind of go from there so the only thing i don't see working so well as manga maybe because i was introduced to the anime first is initial d because mm -hmm. yeah. i just don't see car racing working well in like 
panels with swoosh lines. <laughs> it's just not the same as watching the anime with like the Euro beat and you know the actual motion and the driving. Yeah, I love I, initial D so much. Well, I, I think I think with the the this any of the sports manga, they're all good when it comes to the stuff that the side note stuff within sports. But yeah, you're right when you're doing with the games and stuff, it's a little hard to see. You know, picture you know a great touchdown run or you know a great race to the finish or something like that with with swoosh slides. It's done and it's done well, but you know a lot of those a lot of those show or a lot of those mangas are a little bit more about the stuff outside the sport as opposed to the sport itself. So, all right, well, thank you for your question, and that brings us next to Will. What's your name? Where are you from? And what's your question? All right, uh, my name is Will. I'm from Chicago. Uh, I'm Prince of Zeon on the boards. Nice. All right, good old Prince of Zeon. Yeah. yeah. And I guess my question would be, uh, what would you guys want or expect to see uh, for the 30th anniversary project for Macross? Um, Valkyries, songs, (laughs) and a love triangle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know, maybe a a little bit of an... Although they swore they would never do this, an OVA or something that would let us know what happened to uh, some of the Macross characters that we we know and love from the original series. Uh, Some kind of, you know, follow-up or something on on what what their fates end up being. That's what I'd like to see, but I'm not counting on it. (laughs) I think that that's probably pretty... I think that I think you could probably bag on that a little bit more than even something completely different. I mean, usually when you have these anniversary things, not always, but mm-hmm. you know, especially something like that, it would make more sense to kind of go back to the future on that, where it's you know, you you might hit hit from the original Macross, you know, and and like you said, maybe see what happened when you know when Hikaru and them left, <laughs> you uh, know, re- it's. Uh- <laughs> you maybe, know. Ha- maybe just have a reunion show. <laughs> Not necessarily a reunion show, and, and, I, and I and I don't want to reboot because I'm kind of rebooted out. Yeah. But you know, if you, it, once again, like we just said, when it came to the manga thing, if we did some type of side story around that time, or you know, um, you know, something with the you know parts of the original cast or something like that, that would work out well too. But you know, it, it remains to be seen. I mean, well, you know, Macross has always been. A little bit more uh, seems a little bit more tighter controlled with the stories than uh, uh, than Gundam, and I guess you can think that just because there's been less of them. So I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll be in some way, some way or fashion. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do some type of frontier thing too. So because it is very hot still. Mm-hmm. So what about oh, I was a, asked this? Uh, I was asked the same question on. Uh, Tumblecast's recent Macross episode, so I'm just going to copy and paste that exact same answer. Right. And that is, I'd love to see an OVA. I mean, if we're getting to the 30th anniversary, there's definitely going to be some nostalgia there, some references. And we have a whole span of 30 years between the original series and Plus that's never been explored. Yeah. And I'm sure there's lots of stuff they could cover, like the colonization of planets like Eden, uh, Furthers and Trotty Rebellions. Troubles trying to integrate Zentradi into human life. Uh, all of that sort of stuff. The problems of terraforming colonies and dealing with raiders and pirates and all that crap. So much stuff that you could do there and put some of those older Valkyries into the spotlight that either never had any or were just consigned to being uh, exploding grunts like the lightning. Yeah. Not the light, the, uh, the Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt, yeah. Or, or I mean, or if the, the actual dream of ours would be the OVA about the early journalism years of uh, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis, man. And, and, and how he learned about culture. 
in yeah, his because, heartbreaking ways. Yeah, because, you know, he, he started off as a young idealistic journalist, I'm sure. And then once sure. he learned about culture and found out what it was, and then, he, you know, he hit the bottle and then all the way up to his death. <laughs> with, so. with all the beer that I've drank this weekend, I'm well on my way to being uh, a dentist. So <laughs> um, there's, there's that. There's also the question that Frontier just leaves there that it never answers is, why the hell is there a new UN Spacey? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did that come from? And does the story of the PS1 game VFX2, does that story still count? And does that attempted coup d'etat in that game count for anything and explain why it is that we went from UN Spacey to new UN Spacey? And, and why is why is SMS much more capable than you in Spacey? <laughs> yeah, that too. And I would like to see like a shift in focus. You know, maybe come back to Earth or focus on a colony planet like Eden, because we've now had two things back to back of deep space Macross exploration ships. So we've already done done that of exploring stuff and finding weird things out there. Let's bring it back a little bit and do something different. Planetary. Yeah, that or Dennis. Yeah, or like a, a cross universe uh, team up between uh, Roy and Dennis, little drunken drunken mishaps, escapades. Oh, that's... <laughs> oh, like, oh, oh, you, yeah, you could have a, a buddy cop uh, OVA of Dennis and, and Roy, you know, fighting crime in Eden and, you know, not only, you know, doing, dealing with their marital problems and drinking. <laughs> like that. <laughs> that there you awesome. go. It's, it's a hit. Woo. Fund it. So thank you for your question. Uh, next up, Fordar. Hey, it's Fordar. I'm both here. Um, from the forms of my username as it is on here. I'm from Washington, actually. Oh, my, state or city? Uh, state. Okay. Man, you're way up there, man. Nice. Nice. Is it raining? Uh, <laughs> is it cold and muggy? No. Well, it depends oh, what part. Nice. If he's in eastern Washington, it's hot out there. Woo! So. Uh, near Seattle, actually. Oh, uh, man. So, yeah. Sorry, sorry about the hipsters. <laughs> and, <laughs> haven't been in Seattle in a long time. And the yes, delicious boy. coffee. Oh, that, that coffee, man. Woo, dude. But, but go for it. My question is, given that we've only seen about three mobile armors from any good guys in all Gotham shows, mm-hmm. do you think that line should be expanded on, or do you think the ones that we've seen so far are enough? Uh, it always seems like the like the good guy, you know, I think because the good guys usually end up having the Gundam, which is their answer to whatever, you know, the forces that they're going against is, um, I think that's probably my theory is why we don't see more mobile armors because they see the, the more usefulness of just taking the Gundam and maybe stripping it down like with the GM and stuff like that. So um, it would be kind of nice because you would think in, especially with these large alliances and federations, they're going to have two or three different uh, weapons systems being done at a time you know it's like the united states military we we when they do fighter jets and stuff they just don't have kind of one there's always there's always different versions going on or you know bids for contracts right so you would you would think that they would be on there um but i i think i think they just always stress with the large good guy groups that you know they always win because of their mass production because it's it always ends up being a narrative of why japan lost world war ii was because they didn't have the manufacturing capability that the united states did we just kept building stuff with mass production so but it would be cool to see i mean i'm always down for new interesting things when it comes to uh the weapons and you know i it would be kind of interesting as long as you don't have all the goofy as long as they don't have like a goofy line like Xeon did during like sg you know no good guy no good guy zaccarello please the brow bro man <laughs> so no no zaccarello with a gm coming out of its mouth per- yeah, you know, I mean, I guess one of the mobile armors you're talking about is the good old ball, right, Mr. Ball? Oh, yes. 
uh, absolutely the, the, yeah. the classic you know I, I would think that the mobile armor record for good guys has been pretty inconclusive because on the one end you got carrot sticks with the dendrobium oh. and it was so powerful and so awesome but he utterly failed with it and couldn't accomplish <laughs> anything even with all those weapons he still lost he did because he sucks then on the other end you've got jesus yamato Mm-hmm. Where mobile armor just made him even more ridiculously overpowered than he already was. Got you. Yeah, so I, I haven't seen anything that shows like yes, a mobile armor attachment is a good, sensible thing for a pilot to have that doesn't make him either a failure or god mode. Mm, that is true. That's a good point. What about the GN arms? Mm. Uh, it's all right, but it didn't last too long. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really didn't. And, and then and old Lock-On, he kind of screwed up in the TV version by not even bothering to use Trans Am. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, and, mistake. Then, and, then, and he uh, still lost in the special edition version, even though he did use Trans Am there. So. Oh, and then there's but, Riser, because that's that's kind of a mobile, you know, the, with the pizza not delivery. Not really. It's just, it's just a freaking fighter plane that jumps onto the double O's back. That's true. Not awesome. like a giant like thing that attaches to it, and just just has a it just has a guy in there for no reason. Make making yeah, hot pockets, pizza boy. Yeah, make <laughs> hot pockets, hot pockets for the bagel for the bites. pilot for the mech pilot. Bagel bites. Man, I want some bagel bites now. Oh man. <laughs> and, and yet nobody mourned the death of Fred Haro in the movie. Oh, I I cried a little. I I, I poured out some I poured out some of my forty for him. Sobro, mobile armors. Let's keep it moving. Mobile armors. Uh, you guys pretty much named. It. <laughs> uh, well, if anything, when it comes down to it, uh, I, I'd like to see the good guys have uh more mobile armors, or uh, mobile armors that are effective. But um, it, usually it's the aggressor that that gets them, and uh, it's almost part of the uh the rhythm of the series to see that. But um, I I wouldn't mind seeing the formula flipped once in a while. Um, seeing the good guys have more mobile armors than uh than the opposing force. And more more effective, useful, useless stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, just more models to sell. That's what's up. <laughs> but I, I want to see interesting designs, and I don't want them to, to be the Zaccarello or the Bravo. So, so yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your question, and last one in this batch, uh, Mr. Dustin. Hey, you're up. Hey, uh, I don't even know if this has ever been discussed on your show. Uh, but I don't even, I guess you could say this is a sort of a round table discussion perhaps one day, but I'm sure you guys are well aware of the deadliest warrior show on spike TV. Oh yeah. All right. Um, I don't know if that could ever be applied to anime shows. Uh, like for instance, like if you would ever get into a round table discussion of like, you know, who would win if you tear uh, down everything. Sounds like, like the Coliseum. <laughs> oh God. This just sounds like the Coliseum. Because you're going to be like, uh, what is it, uh, Shinsen Gumi versus uh, the Titans or something. You know? I wasn't thinking anything that ridiculous. It was more like, you know, like the Gilgamesh Federation from Votoms would pair against the Xeon Army from Gundam. Or like for special uh, forces, you got like the special security force from Angel Cop versus the AD police or something. <laughs> Moonlight Butterfly wins everything. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Moonlight Butterfly. Moonlight Butterfly. Yeah. Moonlight Butterfly wins. Then they really? would be like the Coliseum. <laughs> Jesus Yamato wins. Well, if there were any, any of the shows I mentioned, then I guess you could always state that. I don't know, but I guess if I, for, well, for my example, folks, then it'd be like Chirico. <laughs> Chirico <laughs> wins. versus Universe. Chirico wins. <laughs> I could, hey, I could get ridiculous and say, "Oh, Goku versus Kenshiro or something," but that's not even really compared fair. I yeah, don't we think. We had you know Martian pods versus. Um, I forget what that. I forget what it wanted against, but yeah, something would, or other. So. <laughs> 
It was bizarre. I think, I think in the end, probably Moonlight Butterfly killed him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you never know. It's a possibility. If, if we're drunk enough and desperate enough for a topic, we might jump into it. Pretty much, yes. If you can somehow jack the computer system from the show and, like, spend months calculating everything from the cartoons, then be my guest. No, we're just going to put out of our ass. <laughs> or just kind of guesstimate everything, you know, whatever. What, what is this mech fantasy football? <laughs> Collecting sure. stats and putting them all up against each other. Well, I, I guess that oh, man, the nerd in me, almost wants to gravitate towards that, but I gotta, I gotta stave off. <laughs> well, I mean, the show's going towards that whole like zombies versus vampires bullcrap, and I was like, come on. Oh my god. So, yeah, it was like the final season or whatever is what they did, and they had like the Romero zombies versus like the Twilight vampires. I was just like, this is stupid. Yeah, Ro- then- Romero zombies went all. <laughs> 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 Because they, well, uh, they, would, they would scuff, they would, they would mark the faces up those old twinkly blastards. That show didn't. Highlight. That show didn't just jump the shark; it jumped the mega shark. Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's keep it moving. So, thank you all, gentlemen, for your questions. And Solbro's gonna move us on to the next batch. Thank Rob, you, gang. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks hey, for having good us. Good work. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Jules, you give that fucking Nimrod fifteen hundred dollars, and I'll shoot him on general principle. No, Yolanda, Yolanda, he ain't gonna do a goddamn motherfucking thing. Bitch, shut the f- If you're into sports, working out, or just need a new pair of shoes, and you're a proud listener of Gundam and MAHQ, well, we got the thing for you. If you go to Gundam.net, you can click on the Champs banner and receive 10% off a $50 or more purchase by entering the code AFMAHQCH or 15% off of a $75 or more purchase using the code AFGUNDCH. If you're a fan of the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college sports, or even stuff like Major League Soccer and a lot of your uh, premiership soccer jerseys, definitely go to champsports.com for all those needs and also visit them because they have some great deals on footwear and other products. We, the hosts of Gundam at MHQ, visit champsports.com for all of our footwear and sporting good needs. You should, too. Guys, I am Sean Ryan, also known as the Grey Ghost, and I am Kevin Gray, also known as the Business and the LLC, and we are Method to Madness, a weekly podcast that cusses and discusses anime and video games, yes, and other otaku subjects. That that is what we are here for. We are here to rip them up and sometimes build them up. The shows that we love, the shows that we hate, the shows that we watch so that you wouldn't have to. Go to thegreyghost.net or go check us out on iTunes with whiskey. <laughs> this is so stupid, but also. That's why this is going to be great. Suddenly, there was a terrible roar all around us, and the sky was full of what looked like huge bats, all swooping and screeching and diving around the car. And a voice was screaming, Holy, Holy Jesus, Jesus, where are these Gundam animals? animals? 
This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is sponsored by Champ Sports. All right, we've got our next round of listeners here. First, uh, Giancarlo Rivera. How's it going, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, I'm Ben ZX on the forum. This is actually my uh, second time on the... I called in the first time, so I'm oh, glad yeah. to be back. <laughs> a veteran. Veteran, man. That's awesome. You get a Xeon um, Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm a Fetty pilot, so that doesn't Gundam mean anything cross. to me. <laughs> <laughs> you, get but, the, uh, you get the Saji cross. Oh, Ooh. all right. See what I did there? Damn, you are, <laughs> you are that is just terrible. <laughs> hey, man, yourself. Uh, <laughs> like Herman Cain says, blame yourself. Blame yourself. Yep, yep. Uncle Tom ass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like being Woo. called out about Saji oh. Crossroad, blame yourself. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, what's what's the Saji Crossroad uh, metal look like? Is it just like a, it's, a pizza it's, pie? It's a, it's a pizza. pizza. Drippy pizza. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, all right. All right I got, then, my, uh, please continue. Uh, uh, I'm from North Carolina, so out, now that that's out of the way, in your opinion, what makes a good adaptation? Should it cater only to those who have experienced the original, or should it be made with new viewers in mind? For what? Eastern or Western? A manga or a comic book? What? A book? Anything in general. Like, well, what got me thinking about it was uh, I'm watching the Persona 4 anime now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as someone who who played the game, I'm enjoying it a lot. But, uh, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, are people that haven't played the game enjoying it as much? You know, something like that. Well, I think with a good adaptation, you have to, if you're putting it into, like, uh, video, like, you're saying, like, movie or, like, uh, graphic novels, games. Games, stuff like that into movies or TV shows. I think you have to make the transition of keeping it kind of true to what it was in its original form, but making it entertaining for the media that you're putting it into. Meaning that if I'm if I'm adapting something from a comic book, you know, you want to keep some of that overall stuff that you know the overall themes within the comic book, but you got to adapt it in a way that it's entertaining for the media that you're putting in. Like just take for instance Thor. You know, uh, I always said it was going to be a good, it would be a good adaptation adaptation just because the overall story you know they do you you have that comic book sense of the overall themes and things of going on in thor but yet it's done in an entertaining movie so that that's that's always my take about it is that you know you just got to kind of consider what you're taking it from and then what media you're putting it into and then also have it where it's open enough where it can get the hardcore fans of the original but yet you still want to attract new people who may never have had a chance to uh view something or read something like that so yeah um, i i i gotta agree with that I, I think that people should take the best elements of the uh source material that would translate to uh, a visual sense and accentuate that when they when they do an adaptation i always always say this and you might laugh at this but i think um anybody who wants to do an adaptation should sit down and watch one movie in particular and uh, brace yourselves. I think that that movie is Robert Altman's Popeye. I think that is a uh, that to me is one of the finest examples of an adaptation. As silly as that sounds, and is uh, when you look at that movie, it, it's it, such it, a bad movie. I love that film though. It's bad, but at Just the same time, it's still one of the best adaptations I've ever seen. Um, bringing bringing an animated or comic strip to 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 live action. I don't think it's a terrible film, but uh, I, I think it worked yeah. on every level, <laughs> to be honest. But um, that's that's just me. I I, I think it's my opinion, but I, I do think that movie worked, and um, I, I think it's a good adaptation, and people should look at that as uh as, as when it comes to the school of adaptation. But I'm sure Chris will will shoot this completely down. Go Absolutely. for it. Absolutely. Uh, 
<laughs> well, I agree with Neo because uh-huh. you want to stay true to what the original story was because otherwise, why even adapt that story if you're going to pervert it into something that it's not, as Hollywood mm-hmm. so often does? They, they change so much that there's nothing left at all of what it originally was. Like, hey, let's, let's uh, you know, in the previous attempt, let's have Akira be about, like, old guys like Keanu Reeves and change it to <laughs> New York and change all these other things. Well, then why the hell are you doing Akira? Yeah. So you want to stay true to the story, but also recognize <laughs> that some elements work better in some mediums than others because slavish devotion to the source material isn't necessarily a good thing. One yeah. example of that I would say is Watchmen, which is a good movie, but <sighs> it followed, I enjoyed the movie, but it followed the comic so closely, yeah. yet didn't quite have the same effect that the comic did because of the difference in the mediums. You know, the way that the Watchmen could tell a story kind of out of order, the way that it would throw in all of these things like uh, the Night Owl Unmasked or Black Freighter, you know, and tell a story that is not really designed for movies where, because if you look at Watchmen in the end, you know, there's no climactic battle. No. Bad guy wins. One of the good guy dies, and nobody's the wiser. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So that's an example of how being too devoted to the source material doesn't necessarily always work out. I would say, as a good example, watch Game of Thrones, because it is very close to the source material, but it makes adjustments as necessary to have things work on TV. Compressing some scenes, compressing some characters, cutting out some things entirely, speeding up some things. Mm-hmm. Um, having some characters do more than they did in the book so that it establishes who they are for when they do have a bigger role later on. That, I think, is an ideal example of how to do an adaptation right where you're true to the source material, but you make the necessary adjustments for the new medium. Certainly yeah, and, and the other thing that you have to realize, too, is um, you, know, you have to adjust in a way also where you know, some of these, some of these um, graphic novels and stuff were written many, many years ago, like Chris said, when it comes to Watchmen. And, you know, it's like it, it was written so long ago in the asp- and it was written for kind of social commentary during that time. And things are a lot different now. So you sometimes have to kind of, you know, um, kind of tailor it to the audience being maybe a little bit more mature or maybe being a little bit a little bit different taste, but still have that that spirit of the original source material. I think it's, I'll be honest with you, I think adapting stuff, even though there's this uh, attitude in Hollywood, it's easy because you already have a story and you can just kind of search and replace this and do that and whatever. But I think it's probably one of the more difficult things to do because, um, you know, because of the past history of the original work. So, you know, so, but that's my take and it's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Next, uh, Xavier, you're up. Um, all right, so um, thank you guys for having uh, this Frenchman on the on the call. And, um, <laughs> well, I'm 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 I have French Canadian heritage, which, so that's which the... leads to my. I, I guess I'll put that question out of the way because uh, Eric on Facebook and I were wondering with with Sobro, do you know any French or you don't? <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> okay. Here, here, that's what here, I thought. Here, that's exactly here, well, what I thought. Well, here's the thing: my grandmother speaks it fluently and still does when I go and see her, but. I grew up in South Florida, so okay. there's really not a big need of French down there. No, um, no. Or, or Spanish. Uh, yeah. All we got down here is Creole, no, no French. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and I, I can pick up some words because I do know Spanish okay, but 
Yeah, no, I don't. Um, no, no, that's that's what I said to Eric. He's like, I don't think Neo does speak French. I'm like, I'm- <laughs> I get, I've been, I get yelled at very well in French by my grandmother, but that, other than that, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess, no, I take no. French insults well. So, <laughs> Neo, Neo is fluent in Canadian. Yeah, more uh, good on your A's and your boots. Yeah, you go. Well, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and his super group, it is, and his super group rush. <laughs> Yeah. Come on. well, I know, I know. Canada is to blame for Nickelback and stuff, but at least yeah. we have crucifixion. Yes, you are. That is that is your sin. Just like just like Germany's eternal sin is Nazis, Canada's eternal sin is Nickelback. And yes, that's oh, on the same level. Yeah, that is true. They're, they're like an auditory holocaust. We, we did create Rush and Arcade Fire. Come on, man. We, we do have some kind of good music. They gave well, us. I, I will say on on the plus side though that redeems you all quite a bit. A lot of a lot of the hot actresses in Hollywood come from Canada. All, oh yeah. Well, and, and, and yeah, hey, William like, Shatner. Yes. William Shatner <laughs> and Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. That's right. That's right, man. It's just that Nickelback is such a stain that it'll ta- it'll take a yes, long time to get I I understand. I mean, for all the for all the good work that Rush did, it all got blown up by Nickelback. God dang. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad. That is yeah. the oh shit. Oh. <laughs> well, you know though, I'm I'm mixed on that because with uh, you know hearing her sing in French is just it's it's very nice to hear. I mean, it's one of those like auditory things that you like. You know, it's like listening to opera and stuff. If you like that sort of stuff, or yes. you know, trying to get a different thing. But yeah, all like her Titanic stuff and all that. Yeah, puke. Celine Dion committed a crime against humanity with that Titanic song. So I oh. have I have very bad memories of that. <laughs> no, no, you, you're not going to get totally to right. Much. Like I, I, I was afraid like going to the Avatar movies. Like oh no, no Celine Dion, please, no Celine Dion. Hey, it's there's only- two more, so you never know. She, she could be there as some, you know, space Celine Dion Navi type thing. So, yeah. thank you very much for your question, Mister the Suspicious Red Lamp. But that was no, that was that wasn't the question. That's all you get. Oh, that's it. All right, no, okay. serious. Go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna make no, it go quick. Ahead. I'm gonna make it quick. So, Better. in all the Gundam franchise that you have seen, what is what could be like a part of the story of the Gundam franchise you really like? A favorite arc per se. For me, it would have to be like turn a the the turn a Gundam arc when they are on the moon. Like that that arc is just amazing to me. Like it's just very well done and just intriguing in all in all of stuff. And also with the uh, the dark history, it might be a mess the dark history and like if it's canon or not. But I mean, I just love that part of the uh, of turn a Gundam and it's my favorite arc from all the Gundam franchise. So. Mm. Favorite arc, huh? I'll have to defer to Solbro while I'm trying to decipher what I'm. As, what as long as it's not ones. the underwater arc of Seed, I'll, I'll be fine with any answer. Maybe I'll take down the Gundam with this underwater mobile suit. <laughs> oh my god. You're the douche. Marshall <laughs> Nice. Uh, Bastard. Well, the, the arc that comes right to mind to me is the arc from uh, G Gundam where they go to Hong Kong. Mm. That whole arc, the the, uh, the semifinals to the finals for the tournament, man. You mean and the entire the, second half of the show? The entire second <laughs> half of the show. It pretty much is. It pretty much is the arc. And uh, it, although it is the second act, it is um, it's badass. Uh, it, like every episode, just builds up the hype until you get to uh, all those last fights. And uh, I just you feel that rush. And uh, not not to, not to mention rush again, but you you feel that rush of adrenaline when you're watching that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that that that's definitely one of my favorite arcs in Gundam. Um, Chris, you got any? Well, I'll go with a surprising choice, and mm-hmm. this one, although both the beginning and the end sucked, I thought the Earth arc from ZZ was very well done. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. True. 
Um, that was the whole of the show. Maybe it would have been much better off. <laughs> <laughs> it, it shifted. It shifted back into Zeta gears, and I, I, what makes that what makes that arc even more interesting is that uh, Judo's piloting the Zeta most of the time. <laughs> I was going to so. say Zeta gears for real. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, it, it it just accentuates that arc the entire time. But what? um, what more Gatai? Less Gatai. That kicks ass. <laughs> nice. I'd have to, I'd have to. I don't know necessarily if it's an arc, but it's the whole part of Zeta where Soraka really starts to become the main guy. Because mm-hmm. the thing about it is that you know you have all the politicalness of you know you seeing. The remnants of Zeon, and then how the Earth Federation really doesn't give a shit about people in space and all that. But then you have this guy that comes in and who you think would be on the side of the Argama, but he's not. He's got his own little thing, and he's able to sit there and and kind of make everybody insane because he just he's just such a smug bastard, and he's able to <laughs> he's able to get people to become turncoats, and he's able just to get people to do his dirty work, you know, taking out, um, you know, the Basque and all those guys. And it's just very, it's just, it's just one of those things that really makes that show kind of, kind of great to me. And I'd have to say uh, the second one would be the earth arc of, um, of double Zeta, because I I agree if that was the whole show, man, that would be, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I, I'd be interested in see how that show would be uh, regarded at this point. So, yeah, if they could just like extend the, uh, I think the Earth, the Earth arc over like the Moon Moon Crab bullshit colony, I think that would have been a much much better yeah, show. And then and then and then eight episodes, <laughs> the beginning eight episodes of Judo and the Junkyard Kids. You know. <laughs> so. Oh, oh yeah. God. I know so I know so Bosby would be mad, but Sil you know. Bosby. <laughs> well, you know what can you do? He'll, he'll survive. As long as you don't get a defender of the colony of Moon Moon on this uh, on this mega talk, I'm fine with that. With that too. <laughs> never never underestimate Jab Man. He'll take up lost causes. He's a <laughs> he's uh you know, he, he's cut from the same cloth as Soul Bro. Damn. Damn. The Damn. lost cause, guys. Okay. I'm, I'm, all not right, sure who, all right. I'm not sure who that's an insult to. Man, that's, <laughs> man. Sorry, Sober. I didn't mean to insult you. Man. Oh, damn. <laughs> I didn't say it was I, an insult. I, I, actually take, I actually take it back. I didn't mean to insult I, I, What I heard was you put us in the same, you put us in the same box. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry about that. No, no, it's all right. I'll, I'll get, I'll get you back. <laughs> you all right. Well, thank you for your question, <laughs> Mr. Lamp. Thank you for those four years of awesomeness of podcasting, guys. You have been a threat to listen to since I've listened to this uh, Gundam Seed Destiny segment your first introduction my first Ooh. introduction to Gundam and my first introduction to Gundam Seed Destiny oh quite quite yeah, the topic quite the painful, so. painful <laughs> you're welcome thank, thank you so, next up we got uh, our pal Nasty Nate say hello hey guys this is Nasty Nate calling in from uh, Mobile Alabama Hey, man, from the Dirty South. What's up? Yeah, man, University of South Alabama. They're uh, plundering those treasures and, and shooting down those uh, those people in Uncharted. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's good times, man. You go Uncharted 3 coming out a week from now, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, a little more than a yeah, less than yep. two weeks. So Can't wait. Brace but um, before I get to my question, I want to say a uh, long-time listener. I've uh, been going on for the whole four years, and happy anniversary, four years uh, going strong. Thank uh, you. I started listening to episode three pre-Chris uh, Day, so I'm uh, – Good old type fan. Um, oh, also, I want to say thanks to Gundam. There for, were uh, no pre-Chris days. <laughs> <laughs> 
That, yeah, that didn't exist, right? Uh, it's actually because of Gundam that I actually found out about MAHQ and MechaTalk, unlike most people who uh, the other way around. Oh wow! And um, also through Gundam, I learned to watch uh, Gundam X, Turn A, uh, all of Macross, and uh, I still need to check out like Pat Labor and all that kind of stuff. But nice. Appreciate those great shows like Turn A. I never would have watched that. It looked totally lame, but really great show and X, great stuff. Which kind of a segue to my. Yeah, which kind of a segue to my question that I want to ask is um, Gundam X. It's it's obvious that there were new types in it. You know, Tifa, she always had these powers that she can kind of predict things. So, I mean, clearly there were new types. And what is up with the end where Dumb's like, oh, yeah, there there's no new types. We're all new types. Just be friends. You know, <laughs> new types are gone. I'm like, what? What is this well, nonsense? What he was really sort of saying is that, you know, the new types that, that the people worshipped or were afraid of, depending on if you were on Earth or space, were really not the evolution of humanity. They were just, you know, weirdos, you know, mm-hmm. weird evolutionary freaks, not the next evolution of humanity. Yeah, mutants, basically. You know, and that his point was that Garrett was someone who transessed, who transessed, he, uh, <laughs> transessed. <laughs> he transessed. That's judo. Man, I, this show's been going on for a long time. Nice. <laughs> you know, he uh, he superseded, he rose above the shackles of the idea of the new type because, you know, to the space people, it was almost like a religion of worship. Yeah. And for the Earth people, it was something to be feared and exploited. But Garrett rejected all of that and said, hey, I am who I am and, you know, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Right. So I think that's what Donald's message was, is that people should be like Garrett and not fixate so much on this mythical idea of this new type being the next level of humanity. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, it was obviously true that new types were in there and they did have power. They were. It's just that they kind of went a different route from Universal Century of saying, well, this is not the next evolution of humanity. These are just freaks who have this power and, you know, are in small numbers. And who are exploited for war purposes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Right. Okay, nice. A, gotcha. a resource to be tapped. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in a lot of ways, yes. In more ways than one. Oh, my no. God. <laughs> Badoosh. Nice, nice. Uh, real quick, though, um, would you say that L and Double Zeta, she pulled a frau bow and settled on Beecha? Or is that just me? Yeah, I, I'd say that. <laughs> yeah, I think she realized that she wasn't going to get judo. Yeah. <laughs> she was dropping like, the hits. I- I'm going to settle for this loser. Damn. <laughs> he seems marginally acceptable. Well, it just shows you how much of an idiot judo is. Yep. So. Oh, man. Should have, should have. Well, the thing about Elle is she's the longtime friend, so he put her in the friend zone. Yeah, yeah. she was definitely yeah, in he, that. He, he frowned her before she, uh, she frowned him by settling for Ayato. But that mm-hmm. desert arc, though, when she was in that uh, desert outfit? Mm. Mm. Oh, pedo stuff. Taking her man. any day over, over um, yeah. Lou. Oh, Lou. that's like. Whiny bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I agree. All, All right. right. Well, uh, thank you for your question, and the last yes. one in this batch is uh, the doctor. Uh, hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man, it's been a while, man. AFO, yeah, baby. AFO. Yeah, I know. I haven't, <laughs> haven't, haven't talked to you for a while. Like, you call me, like, I'm in this, I'm all of a sudden in the chat, I'm in the middle of playing Arkham City, I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Whatever. Um, I really, really, I can't, oh, yeah, um, I'm also on Doctor and MHQ, but good luck finding me. Um... <laughs> Uh, host of the Aspect Resident Evil podcast. I have an ass load of podcasts that I'm doing. And I, I might as well put this out to you. Actually, had it not been for you guys, I probably wouldn't have started three years ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I, I remember you, you, you were saying that um that uh, Gun Name was one of the uh, podcasts that inspired you. And, um, man, I, I'm humbled by that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And now I have five other podcasts that I'm running. I don't know. No it's a doubt. disease. I don't know how you do oh, it. You, 
<laughs> you, you can express your gratitude through money. <laughs> hey, if you were at AFO, I would have bought you some beer or something. Hey, what, uh, whatever you know. Hey, there you go. Hey, there's always there's always MegaCon. I'll take you up on that. There you ah, go. Challenge accepted. I'll hold you. I'll hold you to that. I'll I'll make sure to actually go to go MegaCon this year. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, probably I guess this relates to everyone. At, at what point, like when your guys were podcasting, did you realize how is it how is it possible? How am I reaching so many people? I kind of question that like every other day for some reason. All of China for some reason listens to one of my shows. I don't know how. Wow. You know, it, it, it's, it's word of mouth when it comes down to it. I mean, you can advertise on other podcasts and you can, you can cross promote your stuff on other podcasts. But when it comes down to it, people stumble upon you, um, in many ways. I think that MAHQ being involved with that, uh, with, with Chris's, with Chris's website and having Chris on the show brought us a, a shit ton of uh, listeners more than we had from the beginning. But, um, it's, it's grown exponentially since then from just, uh, putting content out there and having a vast catalog and then people just checking out all the all the work that you've done since then and um there's there's avenues like facebook and twitter which have helped too and um you know it's it just it snowballs man it snowballs and i'm pretty sure you've seen that with oh. your show as well yeah yeah it, it does I mean, i'm sure you guys probably like have like you're really i mean you have callers from france to like america all over the place canada even though they don't count um <laughs> I can't shut sucks. up doctor <laughs> Why does Canada count? Oh, it's our fifty-first state. America Junior, man. Canada, Quebec, it's awesome. Quebec is right. nice. Yeah, yeah. We, we kind of Quebec um, doesn't count, but uh, it, it's it, yeah, right. Um, I, I would like to thank the the corpse of Steve Jobs for iTunes because iTunes, <laughs> iTunes is a lot, especially with Chaos Theater. So yeah, iTunes is uh, iTunes is a great. I mean, if anything, it's it's the major podcast hub for all podcasts, and it's helped us to get our shows out there as well as, as well as yours and and other podcasts. It's a great it's a great means of uh, podcast distribution. Yeah, it's just it's technology in, in general. It's the connectivity that um, the internet and everything has brought in there. I mean, you you now have people always sometimes are yearning and wanting things that are a little bit different, and it's a lot easier to do now because I mean, I can remember you know years ago when it came to music and you'd have to go to like specific record stores to find like some obscure band or import. Now it's like you can get pretty much their um, you know their their album release the day of because mm -hmm. of you know the the abilities of the technology so i mean for all the for all the bad things that technology has given us like giving voice to the idiots uh <laughs> it's uh, it's also done a lot of things for uh medias like this so it, it is so amazing how much changes in a short time because mm -hmm. you know when fahq started in 2000 no one had ever conceived of podcasts and you know i never imagined that <clears throat> there'd be such a thing or that we'd be doing three of them <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or you know, just just you know, doing more than just one is incredible. But when it comes down to it, I, I there's one resource of networking that I have to thank, and that's the listeners. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have as many listeners as we as we do now. And and it's thanks to them that um we get the support that we need to to keep this thing going. Well, so, you might uh, thank them, but I have to thank God for my God-given ability to entertain others. <laughs> so that's uh. It was just you know. born with it. Yeah. yeah, I was, you know. Yeah. There you just, go, man. The it's talent. a disease. It's a disease. <laughs> a disease. Not really all a disease because right. that sounds bad. It's just a gift. <laughs> well, thank you very much for your questions, all of you. And Sobro is going to bring us to our next batch. Thanks for being on, guys. I'm going to lose it. No Before, problem. 
for going uh, no, thanks uh, for having us. As, as we are, thank you for uh, podcasting too for DDD. You inspired Jeff in his editing work, and uh, it did help, help us out having a little bit of Gundam there. But we have reached uh, our 4,000 listens of, of our latest episode. We are growing, and uh, it's getting exciting, actually. Yeah, c- congratulations, man. Congratulations, yeah. buddy. Cool. Dude, yep. awesome. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, you guys be cool. I'm not, I'll, I'll be cool. I'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll release the call. Be cool. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's going pissed. Does <laughs> <laughs> that work, poor guy? All right, we got our next batch here, starting with Demon Lord. Hey, it's Demon Lord level 5. Normally called Paul. I come from the northwest of England, the little town called Darwin. My question is to you guys. As Sobro as well knows, I am... As well as he, I make AMV. Mm-hmm. Best AMVs are your favorite. Which what AMVs are your favorites? Mecha-based ones, right? Yeah. I None know. by Sobro Ryu. I, I can't name mine. I, but, uh... I, I, I personally prefer <laughs> the ones with young Asian boys. <laughs> yes, Bernie's Lament is one that everyone should watch. Oh, you guys are so hateful. Um... <laughs> no, we're not hateful. We're promoting you, man. No, no doubt. It's is acceptable to me. Exactly. Um, Euphoria. Um, is a uh, AMV uh, that was done to uh, what is it called? Razafon. Uh, and I, I know I know Neo um, doesn't care for all the uh, audio, uh, the, all the effects in that video, but I, I dig the song choice, yeah, and I makes, dig it makes the it makes the show better than what it is. Mm-hmm. It's actually false Damn. advertising. <laughs> false advertising. <laughs> if if they just made Razafon that video, it would have been a good show. Razafon, yeah, uh, that that's a good video. Um, the other video I, I love is uh from uh my friend the Wonder. And uh, you probably know him from uh, Flip the Script and other podcasts we've done. He did uh, a video to uh, Intergalactic, to uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed. And that video is off the chain. Uh, he's done other videos as well that were great, too. But that's, that's my favorite of his. And um, it's, a great, it's a great AMV. I don't uh, watch any AMVs, so I don't have any favorites to give. So Mine's Bernie's Lament. Watch it. It'll change your life. <laughs> For the worse. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said it'll change your life. It'll change your opinion on Soul Pro. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thank you, Demon Lord, for the question. And next is Robin Paul. Hey, guys. Um, This is Elliot from Facebook and um, EA Nets dude from Mecha Talk. Um, I'm the guy who sent you guys that promo a little while ago. Oh, thank thank you. you. Oh, sure thing. It was, uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun to do. Um, my question is, well, I guess uh, I'm from Berkeley, California. Um, my question is, I, wanna, I basically want to know what you guys think of technology regressing within an anime's timeline. Um, In what way? Yeah, well, well, like if we take Unicorn, for example, I've been seeing these promos for the latest episode, and, you know, the Xeon are using these old suits from the one-year war, and I'm thinking, you know, why haven't they been crushed in a mobile suit compactor, you know? Oh. Um, and there was, you know, some uproar about um, in 0083 with the dendrobium and that, you know, 360-degree cockpit and, you know, just kind of technology regressing um, within a timeline. What do you guys think of that? Well, I don't know how the unicorn stuff it would be technology regressing because you know the Xeon are the losers they have the junk that they had and that's all that they have to rely on yeah. especially these Xeon remnants that have been stuck on earth ever since 
the end of the one-year war that occasionally team up with Neo-Zeon factions like they did in Double Zeta and Unicorn. If they're stuck on Earth since the one-year war, of course they're going to have one-year war junk. That's not technological regression. That's just working with what you got. Oh. And Double yeah. 83, well, you know, that's, that's just retconning the panoramic cockpits. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, that's not even double eighty three because they retconned that all the way back to the one-year war with the Alex, so... That's true. Yeah, that's true. That was done before that, so that's just dumb retcons. But I, I think... I think what you're ta- you're saying though is there does seem like with some some stuff there is kind of this regression thing or almost like kind of kind of like what we see in, in like television stuff today with you know they're kind of going back to the future when it comes to you know, like older you know things set in like earlier times or more popular and, and then kind of the integration of all that. Um, I don't have a problem with it, uh, but yeah, I think when it comes to with like Unicorn, I think Chris is right. When it when you, you got to put it in the context with the one year war, we don't really know how much of these suits were uh, produced, and of course they're always going to be lying around. I mean, look at look at our uh, look at our current situation in the world here. When you see these other countries, they're fighting. You know, when they're having their fights, a lot of times they're using old like Soviet made weapons and things like that that haven't been made for years. So it only kind of makes sense that you're going to kind of do what you do with what you got but i think on the regression side it's i think you see that a little bit more when you have those things when it comes to like the ais and stuff becoming you know very um powerful or, or, or things like that or or the pro or maybe the situation of like aliens you know being more powerful or able to in, infiltrate systems kind of like a battlestar galactica and stuff like that where you know it made sense for them to regress because that's how they beat them so but that's my take. Soul bro. Um yeah, I mean there's a little bit of inconsistency throughout the years on um on what suits seem more advanced than others, especially on the inside of the cockpit with the with the 180 screens. Um I, I, like like both um Paul and Neo, Neo said they uh they kind of retconned a 360 cockpit, which is always cool to see in any any Gundam that you watch. Um why they don't junk the suits? I, I think it's economic purposes. Um yeah. <laughs> when it comes down to it uh when when one side has less resources than the other, they got to make the, the the best use out of the, the the things they have. That's why we're still using the B2 bomber for all these years <laughs> no, oh, b52 b52 what am i saying yeah. but um uh, as neil would be more 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 knowledgeable about that than i would that's for certain but yeah the b52 is still being rocked after all these years and um it's a good piece of technology that is oldie but a goodie so uh I, why not see that in in mecha shows as well yeah, it rolled up there. yeah exactly <laughs> But, man, that's a great question. Great. Uh, well, thank you for having me on. It's been a great four years listening to you guys. Keep it up. Dude, thank you. Thank you. And next up is Nino. Hey, what up, guys? Um, I'm Gundam Type Zero in Mechatalk. Hey, well, welcome oh. to the welcome to the show. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I live in Los Angeles. Ooh. And I know Paul's you know, around Anaheim now, so he's working really good. Yeah, Orange County, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're li- living in Anaheim for now and, and working Huntington Beach. So, yes. how's the drive on that? It's not bad, okay. except for the Priuses. That's oh, not. <laughs> the only thing you got to fight on the freeway is the freaking Prius, man, because it's everywhere and it they can only go forty miles an hour to hit that target my, MPG. And it's you know, Top Gear scourge of the road is the caravan. Mine is the Prius. If I could blow everyone up, I would. <laughs> Angers of the blood, I guess. <laughs> oh, my question is, uh, you know, there's the the reversal of the uh, gateway anime. It's the uh, K 
Killjoy anime. I was wondering if there's any Killjoy <laughs> mecha animes that are as bad or if not worse than MD Geist. Oh, damn it. You took it. <laughs> Man, um, well, we we mentioned what, a few, like like kill like kill a series or kill like a franchise or something like that. No, kill kill your appreciation for like the, the genre and just animate all together. Oh, jeez, and then that what an anime toilet was all about. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon R, I guess, is the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, there you go. Um, also, uh, what else? Um, this one Dragon Knot, was... not Dragon R. Oh, no. Dragon Knot, man! Dang it! <laughs> Don't that confuse is... the two. Woo! It's so easy to, uh, and we're, when you when you're saying it, not not when you're watching them. Of no, course, yeah. they're they're completely different uh, animals altogether in execution. But yeah, uh, yeah, dra- Dragon Knot is uh, definitely something that uh, would kill your appreciation for anim- uh, mecha anime. Uh, what other ones you guys can think of? Uh, that, that's what I would go with. Well, Taking the lazy way out. Well, shit. <laughs> but yeah, MD Geist, definitely um, definitely <laughs> the, the de facto choice. Especially that, uh, colon... That- <laughs> MD MD Geist would kill your it kills your appreciation just for media in general. (laughs) It's like man, I can't believe this was this was allowed. I've been told that Harmageddon is also something that would kill your appreciation for anime. Period. I'll tell you something that could kill your appreciate your nostalgia glasses for Robotech is Shadow Chronicles. Ooh. (laughs) Your 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 nostalgia glasses would shatter right in half. Well, they could. I could see where that would shatter people's nostalgia glasses. Damn. So. Yeah, thanks a lot for the um, for um, having this type of um, call-in show. And hope you guys have another uh, you know great four years in the future as well. Man, thank well, you, thank Nino. Thank you very much. All right, next up we got Sean. All right. Uh, well, thank you for having me on, guys. My name is Sean. If if I have an MAHQ account, I probably created a couple years ago, and then never really. I'm not really much of a board talker. How oh. dare you, sir? <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, Chris. Uh, I'll throw a troll comment. Uh, a couple nice. Now and then. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll we'll wait for a couple of more episodes of Gundam Age uh, before I can start finding ridiculous things to complain about it. How about that? I got my eye on you, buddy. Why 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 wait for a couple episodes? You should have done it before it was even released. <laughs> that's the, that's the normal thing that people do. That's the theme song. Yeah. Yes, I guess I fail as a troll. Oh, yeah, you might lose. You might lose your troll stripes, huh? Then you win at life. For my question, uh, a little little predicting here. Um, which Gundam universe do you think maybe has the closest uh, take to how we'll actually like? Assuming we survive twenty twelve, uh, yeah, when we actually do colonize space in the future, mm-hmm. which Gundam universe do you think maybe has the closest take on to how it's going to shape up? I mean, is it going to be solar elevators? Neo, every country with a Statue of Liberty cannon. Maybe we already have one. <laughs> or, that, or, or that's that's the one I would like, prefer. Uh, corporate companies <laughs> like Horizon Colony, Apple Colony. Uh, oh. not, none of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Think about this, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, look at the world that we live in. If the world can't even agree about what to do about things like climate change. You think they could agree about building a space elevator and who builds it and who has the right to it and building space colonies and who has the rights to that and who puts up what? Hell, look how long it took us just to build the stupid uh, International Space Station and we're already talking about scuttling it in a few years. Yeah, that's true. I think, think, though, if 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 you're just doing it on the sake of what he's asking, I think... Probably the closest of what it would be like would be kind of double low in the aspect of 
it did outside of the super advanced mobile suits it didn't it seemed like it was within reason i mean technology is going to progress but you know cars still had wheels and and you know things like that and there was still um economic strife and and you know political problems with these these huge um political blocks because and in a lot of ways there's a there's a theory going on in our current situation that you know the precursor of the you know the eu's the precursor to larger economic blocks happening throughout the different parts of the world so i mean i think you know anything can happen i mean shoot tomorrow you know things will completely change but i think if you're going based on just what we're seeing right now that might be the closest thing to it possibly but um you know, who knows? It, it, it's just always so subject to interpretation and, you know, things can happen so quickly that, you know, it's, it, it can all go. I mean, look at, um, you know, look at look at sci-fi and stuff from 20 and 30 years ago. Certain things that they thought would be, you know, far, far in the future we have now, too. So it, it, it's hard to say. So where's my flying cars? Yeah. <laughs> and sex bots. Yeah. Well, the, no, sex bots are coming. So, I mean, they're they're already around. So it's are working hard. They're working hard on them. Yeah. <laughs> if Japan's if Japan's burning the midnight oil on anything, it's getting those sexeroids right. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I gotta agree with Neo. Double O is the closest uh the closest universe out there. I'd have to give us a, a second place to Universal Century at least on the way it starts off. Uh, I you know a lot of it was based on hard science fiction. Uh, at least a lot of the uh the the pseudo technology that was presented there was. So I, I got to give credit to that. But yeah, um, I did what Neo said. All okay. right. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for your questions. Oh, I was about to say about situations with that question. Just look at the situation with the euro and taking the European all the euro competition. Sorry, Demon Lord, you're you're completely uh, mangled. We- can't understand anything you're saying. Yeah, the connections are all messed up. So yeah, some. Yeah, hit it up on the forum when the episode comes out. Yeah, we'll, we'll just leave yeah. it there because we got to move on. Four more years. Four more years. <laughs> Four more years. <laughs> Vote for me. Thank you, Elliot. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for your time. We got to move on. Sobro, uh, please bring us our next batch of victims. <laughs> All right, we finally reached the last batch of this call-in show, supersized one with, uh, was it six callers, five callers? It's five, uh, sorry, it's uh, six callers. All right, so first on the phone we have uh, Austin Lee. He wants to make a dedication to a loved one. Where are you from, Austin? Well, I'm calling from beautiful Greenwood Lake, as it says on the sign. What sign? Uh, (laughs) the, the, The sign that's on the outskirts of town when you drive in. Well, then, fine. Okay. Well, welcome. All right. So, what's uh, what's your question? Well, uh, my Mechatalk username is the Gatekeeper. Yes, that is me. Hey. All right, Mister the Gatekeeper. By all means, uh, hit us with your question, sir. Well, you guys mentioned that uh, certain shows, animes, that stuff uh, have rather poor reputations uh, in America. Uh, what was your opinion on how the Big O did with the American audience as? CN did fund, what, like the second season or something of it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the Big O was a, a, a really a, was a special case because I had never seen an example of, uh, well, I, I guess there are examples past, but I mean, it was the most recent, recent example where uh, American Interest brought around a second season for that show. And um, I, I, I just wish it didn't fall off as hard as it did because I know <laughs> that the, uh, 
the opinion of the second season is not as highly as the first. And uh, tomatoes, yeah. tomatoes. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, a tomato. <laughs> You're all tomatoes. At, at the end of the day, I'm fine with 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 the big old as a whole. I just wish they. Um, I guess maybe they didn't have an idea how they wanted to end it, so they they came up with some metaphysical shit. But you know, <laughs> it, it, it it is what it is. And um, I, I, I gave Boom a chance to give that fancy speech. <laughs> Tomatoes, tomatoes. I'm a tomato. I'm one of those tomatoes. That was me. That I, I was that tomato. My gosh. <laughs> yeah, you know, Big O. I was surprised to see that it was a huge hit in America, and mm-hmm. you know, it was a welcome surprise because the first season is so good. The second season is just so weird. And I remember at the time that there was talk of there being a third season, but since the second season took a hit in ratings, obviously that didn't happen. So we kind of ended up in the same situation we did before where it kind of ends and nothing's explained. Yeah. So... Yeah, also, uh, it ended switch. like the first season, only a lot weirder. Yeah. <laughs> also with the switch in... Um, animation style because the big O came sort of at the tail end of the old traditional style animation and then season two was in the digital era mm-hmm. it doesn't quite match up as yeah. Troll said in that one episode uh, I forget I forget it right now but Batman already has a giant robot just watch the big O I'm, I'm quoting <laughs> Troll yeah <laughs> no I'd, I'd have to agree because um, it's uh, it was such a good show the season one was so good and you know you were you were waiting for that second season and you know it just really fell off and it it was nice to see that something like that that you would think would never really do that well uh did so well uh you know season one so um i i think i think in i think in its entirety it's held at a pretty still in a pretty high regard it's just that it it would have been it'd be interesting to see what it would be like if that second season was a little bit better um you know so i would get a kick out of if one day Steve Blum does uh, voice of Batman in one of those like direct-to-video DC movies. <laughs> I will he say was Batman in like Lego Batman or something. Oh, was he? I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just well, watched uh, Lego games, so they aren't allowed to talk. So oh yeah, they just yeah, they just, just smirk. <laughs> yeah. well, that is what he's known for. I I did uh I did watch uh, Batman Year One just the other day, and his voice is all throughout that, but he's not Batman, sadly. But uh, he, if you want to hear some Slurpee Spike, man, he's all in Batman Year One. Uh, I was going to say something else. But I forget at the moment. Oh, he actually uh, played Count Vertigo on uh, one of those uh, showcase shorts, and was on uh, the newest show, Young Justice. Oh snap! That's cool. Oh, there you go. So uh, thank you for the question. Next yeah. up, we have Scott. Hey guys, this is Scott, foul sorceress on the boards. Hey. And my question for you guys is: uh, someone mentioned the the random philosophical speeches of mech anime mm-hmm. and w- what are your thoughts when a mech show decides to start rambling like a sophomore year metaphysics textbook and has there any <laughs> has there ever been a series you actually appreciated it in I mean, like professor bato's uh metaphysics discourse yeah <laughs> five, five wait minutes. am i gonna have this in, in my sophomore year because i'm a freshman right now <laughs> yeah you have to go to professor bato's class <laughs> nice <laughs> it's gonna be freaking awesome <laughs> With with his assistant uh, assistant oh, lecturer Togusa, <laughs> you know uh, philosophy. It, it really um, it comes down to what it is and who it's being said by. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, Wing going on and on and on about pacifism. It just sounded like a lot of babbling, pretentious babbling, made to sound like it was much more important than it actually was. 
Yeah. Because in the end, as we saw with Wing, pacifism was a failure. It took violence to achieve pacifism, which just is moronic. It's a straight contradiction. <laughs> it's an enormous <laughs> contradiction. So hearing people, 15-year-old super kids babbling about pacifism while blowing up tons of Leos, to me, just strikes me as... Ridiculous. I mean, I still enjoyed Wing, but I would cringe every once in a while still, even after all these rewatches of, like, the pacifism-heavy parts, especially any babbling from Relina. I, I, I will say this. Um, when it comes to speeches or um, moments or, 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 I guess, reflections that I do appreciate in anime, uh, the techno-social uh, quandaries and, and, and elements that they pull into uh, Ghost in the Shell standalone complex, I think, are excellent. I think that uh, when, when two characters are having a, a back and forth in that show about something that they're facing, I, I think it plays out very well. And it's a great, a great commentary on what we might be facing in the future. Well, I, I think when it comes to all this uh, philosophical stuff, and, th and this goes not even with anime, but just all types of movies and shows in general, it has to it has to make sense within the context that we're watching. And I mean, when you have like some super action heavy like war film, and all of a sudden it ends with some just you know twenty five minute uh, theses about you know man and the struggles of you know power and stuff like that. If it doesn't make sense, or if it's it's if it's not what you were originally going through, it just it's just I think it's just there sometimes to make uh, make things seem like a lot smarter or a lot deeper than what they are. Um, you know, so I, I think with. The mecha shows, it is a little heavy, but when you got things like with, um, you know, some of the Gundam shows, it, it does make sense. I agree with Wing. Um, you know, it just got to a point with total pacifism. It was almost like they were just enamored with the, with the word. You know, it was just like total pacifism. I mean, you, you, you know, after a yeah, while, yeah, you could pacifism. have... It, it, well, you can have pacifism? You mean like in the Sank Kingdom, which fell? Yeah. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mo the most the most peaceful country got freaking obliterated twice, and that you know within what by ten to fifteen years. Of, well, and, and so it, much pacifism. Yeah, it's almost like the the total pacifism drinking game with Gundam Wing. I mean, <laughs> there's some episodes you'd be you you'd be you'd be destroyed at the end of you'd the be episode. Dead of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like trying to drink, and you know every time they say "a" and "strange brew," you wouldn't make it. And drink. It's, it's like I've already killed a twelve pack. Holy crap! But yeah, it, I you know I, I think there's a fine balance, and I think sometimes um, probably there's there seemed to be, especially like in the '90s, there seemed to be this kind of thing with filmmakers of anime and stuff where they they were trying to take it to the next level of and maybe trying to make it seem like it was a little bit deeper than what it really was. <coughs> uh, Ava, um, and, uh, you oh know, so, so they random uh, Judeo-Christian imagery and and yeah. names. So At least they say it means nothing, so... So, I mean... They... Yeah, but lots of people like to find such uber-deepness and, and write, like, ginormous essays full of TLDR of, This is so deep because of religion and robots! Aquarion, yeah, man! It's got all those references, man! It's the best thing ever, man! <laughs> This is Aquarius forever. No, no. And then completely oh. gloss over the esoteric Buddhist allegories that are actually there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I think that's that's the problem with it, you know. But it's just got to be in its place. So. Well, thank you uh, for the question, Scott. And since you're here, I have a question for you. Something that's been vexing me for the better part of a decade. Oh. Is it RP gamer or RPG gamer? It is, is RP one... gamer. Okay, because that 1G has been driving me mad for years. <laughs> Please explain what I'm talking about. Okay, and now so, the mystery solved. 
Uh, all right, so I am a uh, staff writer in the tabletop games department at a website called RP Gamer, and there, there's a common little... I, I don't even know what to call it, but there's a recurring error that people make where it's they think of it as RPG Gamer. I've always thought it was RP Gamer, and then when I tell the people, like, oh, there's this thing on RP Gamer, they're like, what's that? I'm like, RPG Gamer, like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, but I don't know what it is for sure. I know that website. So does it, if you if you do a Google search, if you put RPG Gamer, does it sh- come up as the first thing? Let's see. I'm I'm gonna Google search it right now. I can't. I'm on my phone. Because that'd be interesting. <laughs> it does in fact show up first. <laughs> okay. It is, it is a great uh, RPG news and review site, by the way, that I've been visiting for many many years. So worth checking out. And uh, I know I, I know the uh, the problem because to this day there are still lots of people who say Mecha Anime HQ, they forget the and. Or even, you know, ATM machines. Exactly. I think it, it's that sort of syndrome. <laughs> That's what do you at think with, the M is At machine. At machine. <laughs> the I'm at super machine. <laughs> AT machine. <laughs> well, back, back when I first found MHQ, I said Mac. Well, thank you, thank you for clearing that up, and I'm glad to know that I was right all of this time. So Good. next up, we have the Goose. Out from Ohio, the heart of America, captain Ooh. of the Solbro Defense Force. Oh, Fair man. What do you do, you? sir? Well, I'm honored, man. Thank you. You are welcome, sir. What's your question? My question is, um, being a big fan of Osama Tezuka, creator of Astro Boy and Blackjack. Yes, indeed. I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to know from mainly from Solbro and Paul, I mean, Neo, because mm-hmm. uh, um, have you ever read any uh, manga or seen any anime from his, based on his work? Oh, absolutely, man. Um, I've read Phoenix. I have read uh, oh, some some volumes of Buddha. I, oh. I love Tezuka's work. Uh, I, I I own uh, the 80s version of Astro Boy on DVD. Uh, I love uh, an adaptation of Tezuka's work by Naoki Urasawa called uh, Pluto. I've which heard is, that. Oh, I, I have every volume of that, and um, it takes his, the one of the story arcs from Astro Boy and, and, and remixes it in a the very interesting way. And, and that just got licensed for a movie adaptation. I don't know how the hell they're going to do it, but um, it just got a license for that. So, or Akira. Yeah, that's true. And Akira's back on the table, too. But yeah, uh, that those uh, I I'm very familiar with Tezuka. I love his stuff. Oh, and of course Metropolis. Man, I can't yeah, I can't leave that out. So Neo. Um, the only ones that I've read is, and I've never really finished anything, but I've I've read uh, a good bit of Blackjack, um, some of Astro Boy, and I read a few volumes of Pluto, and uh, actually I think uh, a little bit of Metropolis too. But I. You know, I, I haven't probably read as much as I should have, more more than what I've actually watched. So yeah, Tezuka's on point, man. He was a, he was a, he was a, ahead of his time, and um, he did a lot for the manga and anime industry. So props to him. Yeah. Well, he did a lot for everybody, so they ripped off his <laughs> ideas. That's true, man. Hey, it, uh, Tomino, Tomino worked for him at a time, so you know he Tomino's got him to thank, whether he does or doesn't. <laughs> it's surprising to see how many like people uh, got his start under him. Like uh, besides Tomino, the director of Votomes, mm-hmm. Rintaro, who did uh, Captain Harlock and Galaxy Express Three Nine. Mm-hmm. What about uh also um what's his name uh Miyazaki I believe as well yeah I, I could be wrong originally... what's his name Miyazaki the yeah. director <laughs> yeah Miyazaki was the an guy who's occasionally on, uh, uh, like a film name? director no doubt uh, occasionally like a film director <laughs> so 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 you're uh, is uh 
is the Osama Tezuka, is there the uh, the creator tree like you have in uh, professional <laughs> football? You have the Bill Walsh coaching tree where you have like all these coaches that are, they all coached under Bill Walsh under one point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tezuka is the father of anime, so. Oh, yeah. I got to imagine that uh, he's rubbed off on a lot of people and that tree has got a lot of branches. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, which makes sense. I mean, and especially as we've always seen with, um, you know the 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 Japanese anime industry. It seems like all these guys they all kind of come up under each other, and then they kind of branch off. And it's you know it seems like it's a pretty tight knit community when it comes to a lot of these things. So you, yeah, you mentioned uh, like Miyazaki being influenced by Tezuka. That's true. He actually was very influenced. Like and when he originally started doing things, he realized that he was just taking in Tezuka's work, so he decided, like, he wouldn't do anything from him, like, anymore, so he wanted to do his own work. Mm. So, in a way, like, he didn't want to just copy what Tezuka did. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad that he, uh, he, he, he went his own path, because it's mm. made him a standout director because of it. So, man, that, that was an excellent question, man. Thank you for that. All yes, right. sir. Next up, we have our very own Peter, the original, Pedal Beard North. Wait a minute. Uh, by the way, I'm going to be going to uh, uh, Canadian land for school in a couple of months. Am I, am I going to have to look over my shoulder because of this guy? You just might. <laughs> if you were a 13-year-old girl, yes. If you're not, 13-year-old guy. Okay. Yeah, not the guy. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. right, what are you talking oh. about? Oh. <laughs> so Peter, uh, but before your your question, a little, little comment. I didn't make a mecha talk because I didn't want to uh, derail things. But mm-hmm. I gotta say, I noticed that you know, for as little as you uh, enjoy Zeta Gundam, you sure as hell like to talk a lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. And, 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 and like I said, it's not like I hate Zeta or anything. It's just I don't. Yeah, but you sure can't. Yes. You, you, you sure, sure can't, can't stop talking up. about it. Yeah. Whole point of a discussion, between, isn't it? Between that that Zeta thread, which got derailed twenty thousand times by other people going into different directions, or that Zeta movie thread, you're just all over the map. Just Zeta, 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 Zeta. <laughs> I was like, wow, I, I I thought he didn't enjoy Zeta, spending so much time talking about it. He's closeted. Well, he's got to say contrarian, so he's not going to like it. But he secretly secretly does like it. You can tell. Well, <laughs> at, at least that discussion, which was an interesting discussion before it got derailed with. You know, Federation Zeon Nazi morality for like oh the kajillionth time on Megatalk. Yeah, I was quite surprised or, it got such a reaction. Or uh, the uh, the Guineas fangirl with with her uh, her theories about you know his delusions and his insanity. <laughs> She's still preaching that, huh? Oh, d- d- eternally, she'll never stop. I guess someone's got to like that character. <laughs> if you're on the internet, there is always a fan of something. Always a fan of something. Yes. Yeah. No matter how obscure. Yes. So, uh, Peter, what's, uh, what's your question? Okay, this is going to sound kind of funny considering my earlier comment. <laughs> I saw Real Steel last week. Oh. Is it good? Yeah, I enjoyed it immensely. Outside of the fighting robots, uh, it has Hugh Jackman in it. <laughs> Listen to him swoon. I have such a crush on Hugh Jackman. Aww. Fancy that guy. You gotta put qualifiers here. Bro, bromance. Bro crush. Yeah, he's just... Like, when he won the World Sexist Man, I was like, oh, yes, totally. <laughs> okay, this is not uh, Love Line. What the fuck is the question? <laughs> In light of that, I was gonna ask who you guys have man crushes on. Yeah. Either real people or anime people. What? 
Well, my, I, I hate to say it, but and Go ahead. I have no secret on this one. But I think most men can say this is, uh, and I hate the football team, but it's Tom Brady, the quarterback of the New England Patriots, because <laughs> every every guy that's kind of in the sports, especially football, they all know about Tom Brady, and it's like mm-hmm. he's he's you know he's successful on the field. He's right. married to the hottest chick in the world, Giselle Bundchen. Uh, he just got he's got everything going on, and it's just like he seems like he'd be a real kind of cool guy you know you know we always kind of say that when we think of people like celebrities and stuff but it, from what i've actually heard this guy's honestly the gen the genuine thing i mean this is a guy that they did a they did a document and espn did a documentary on him uh, a couple couple months ago you know because he's a success story he was like drafted in the sixth round and became three-time super bowl champion and they did this thing about all these quarterbacks that were drafted ahead of him that all ended up being colossal failures in the league and you know talked about how it all drove him and everything like that the guy even cried on uh during this thing and normally you never shed man tears on Mm -hmm. you know on on film but it's okay because it was tom brady so that's mine and and if if i was if i was to do an older man it would be dan marino there you go (laughs) no michael b no, no, Mike Bay, man. No, oh, that's Bay. That's, Mikey that's, B, as Sobel said in some other episode. Yes, indeed. <laughs> no, he, no, he can. Uh, no, I, I got kind, but the thing with uh, the thing with uh, me and Sorbet is, I'd like to be, I, I'd like to be part of the explosion team on his next movie. Like, that, that is the you only mean the guys that jump away from the explosion be, in slow motion. You want to basically be Danny McBride in Tropic, in Tropic Thunder. Thunder? Yes, indeed. I mean, that's, that's you. That's your dream, Jarvis. I, I know. I know. You know. Everybody always says they have like Hollywood fantasies. They'd want to be an actor or something like, or a movie director or whatever. I want to be lead explosion, dude. That is my thing. Is be, oh is that my an God. official title, lead explosion, dude? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> You'd have Where to get does a one lot go of to life school and... to learn to become a lead explosion, dude? I don't know, but if there was. If there was a play, I know it's not full sale because they don't teach you anything, but uh, <laughs> but an art institute. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's just something you kind of luck into or what. I think but you'd yeah, Google that uh, lead explosion, dude. Maybe I should start looking in the papers out here to see if there's any uh, any openings for like uh, junior junior assistant. Um, you know, um, what is it? I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, Maybe the uh, the L.A. Craigslist has uh, like explosion yeah. dude category. Yellow pages. Yellow pages. <laughs> you're you're yellow pages. Need, you're gonna need a lot of life insurance. <laughs> I'm protected. I'm not the one going through the explosion. Any, anyway. Button. Anyway, yeah. back back to the question. I do not hide my man crush. It is Captain Jack Harkness from Torchwood and Doctor Who. He is omnisexual, and that's okay. Hey, you may have a shot. <laughs> Didn't Stolbro say you had a man crush on Frank Walker? Oh well, um, no, I, I never, I never said man crush, no, but um, Ryu, it's it's, uh, it's freaking Ryu, man. Hey, shut the hell up! It ain't Ryu. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Daigo. It's not Daigo either. God damn it! Seth Killian. Mister Stolbro, set the record straight. Oh my God, um. It's I, actually Ted Masters. I guess he, if... <laughs> he wow. Does, he does the Peter thing where he tries to be... Wow. He's, it's Contrary in my ass. <laughs> my, you know how deep... The, you know how deep the freaking... The, 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 the salt goes with me and Ken Masters. 
Fuck him. Fuck him and, and his billions. All right, all right. Well, y'all, y'all motherfuckers derailed it, so thank you. <laughs> but the question. Back on rails. Oh well. All right. The answer to the question is, um, I, I had to think about it. One person who I haven't seen do any wrong, and that I enjoy all his works to the point of uh, ridiculousness, is probably uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I don't know why, but uh, he's he's always cool in everything that he does, man. And uh, I, 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 just just look at Arthur in Inception, man. He was the shit. But that's also kind of pedo because he was like a little young kid on Third Rock. I wasn't looking at him then. I'm talking about from sure. brick. I'm looking at uh, from brick on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even GI Joe. Even uh, oh, well he was all right. He was he was corporate commander, man. He could do no wrong. But that movie, what movie was wrong? But uh, well, what can I say? I, I, if I had to pick somebody, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There you go. All, all right, right. an unconventional answer from mm-hmm. uh, Soulbro. You're welcome, you bastards. So our second to last. Question comes from Paul Singh. You're up. All right, hey guys. Uh, this is Paul. My next talk name is Berserker Eight. Hey. Hey. Uh, so my question is sort of pick your poison. Although it might be a little awkward with who's in here right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, would you rather watch the last five episodes of Destiny with a certain vendor or watch G Savior with a particular fellow Canadian? Wait, last five episodes of what? Uh, there was noise. I couldn't hear. Last five episodes of Destiny with a certain defender or G Savior with a particular Canadian. <laughs> oh. So what, what your question is is what what is more enjoyable? Like what is more or less painful? Yeah, less painful. Uh, well, five Destiny less five Destiny episodes would be longer, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it, 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 not by much. I I'd, I'd have to go is, with uh, is suicide an option. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said, in, like I said in an earlier call group, I am a secret agent. We always have cyanide pills in our teeth. So, <laughs> ouch, guys, ouch. Well, oh. G Savior is shorter. Yeah. Add it up, so uh, I'll have to go with uh, G Savior. It's durations du- is the is the major factor for me, and I have to go with G Savior too. So, Peter, Peter, you win. <laughs> you win by virtue of. But why don't I feel happy? Oh. Well, I was by virtue of runtime, not exactly a ring. Hey. Well, I actually, I would, get. I would agree with G Savior too. Mm-hmm. One for runtime, but I actually think that T- Peter would talk less than Jabman. I think with Jabman, he would be going a mile a minute, and <laughs> that would that would make it even crazier because it'd be like you know, it's it's one thing watching something bad, but if you got somebody watching with somebody that loves this bad thing, if they talk about it nonstop. That would make it even worse. So, yeah, you won, Peter. Unanimous. <laughs> well, I've no wait, wait. Of stuff I like anyway. So, <laughs> if you want to my G Saber while we were watching, I'd be all for that. Nice. Yeah, but I don't think he would talk as much as he would. No, I wouldn't. So, wait. So, if you guys were watching the movie, could you just watch it to like hate on it? Because uh, during like the, the the bus ride to Canadian land, uh, I pitched the idea to a friend of mine that I could rent one of the Ev- Evangelion movies. We could watch it and hate on it. <laughs> yeah, those movies are awesome. I, I, I can't knock on those movies too hard, man. They, they, the movies are all right with me. I haven't seen them. So, well, they, they, look, they look great, and it's a great new story. But you know, a great new story, new. Really? <laughs> a remake well, story. Well, compared to what the original story was, yeah, it's all it's all backwards now. I don't know what the hell is going on in that thing. No love for eye patch, Oscar. iPads, Oscar. Wait, Austin, oh, me. I'm just no, saying. Oscar. O- Oscar. Oh. He has an iPad now. That's a spoiler. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway. Not in that trailer. <laughs> Peter, you won, man. Moving on. After many, many hours, we finally reached our last question, and that honor goes to Mr. Torino. Hello. Hey, man. 
Named after, named after Clint Eastwood's car. What's going on? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hello, soul bro. How's mobile ops? Mobile. Oh, you bastard! Nice, <laughs> nice. You cut. You cut me to the quick, man. Nice. Well, well done. Tell the truth. That's the question. That's the question. I wanted mobile ops to come out. So yeah. What, uh, damn what straight. Level, oh, what, what my, level my, are you on right now? Uh, <laughs> in mobile ops, so, bro. Yeah. How many? What's your gamer score? How many achievements did you get for mobile oh, ops? Oh man. To this to, to this day, goose egg and. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm. How do you know it's Goose Snatch? Go oh, <laughs> is that so? Sir, Goose Snatch. And that's pretty much what I got when I didn't get Mobile Ops. So, um, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm a little salty about that. What can I say? But go ahead, Torino. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I live on top of Florida. I'm from Georgia. Oh, hey, man. We're on the border. Nice. And I'm known as the Black Comet 1224 on Mecha Talk. Oh, nice. Right. Now, my question is, you know all the good Gundam games that never come out here? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Why exactly did they ne never come out here? Like Mobile Ops, SCG Generations, Sinkai 0081, I believe. Because mm -hmm. it seems like all we ever get is Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mary. Hey, so why do we need Mobile Ops when we have Dynasty Warriors? Whoa. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's, that's Chris's favorite. Is, like, uh, Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, Dynasty especially Warriors had so much more selection, you know? Yeah, and, and they, they got so many more grunts on the screen at one time. And it, isn't it great? And 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 they yeah. directly they directly slapped Chris they directly slapped Chris in the face when they decided to make the next game One Piece oh Dynasty Warrior. So hey, welcome welcome back, Chris. You thought you you thought you thought you almost got away. Oh man. I'm sorry, what was that? Mobile Ops? Oh, you fuck. <laughs> hey hey, Mobile Ops. I like I wanted that game. Same here, man. I I got as far as playing the uh, import demo on the 360, and I thought that was great. But to answer your question. Um, yeah, I, I, those games, uh, for the most part, Gundam games don't sell. Just look at what happened with, uh, MS, uh, what was it? MS, the, the RPG game, the RPG, MS Saga. Yeah, MS Saga. They, they invested so much in that game and it didn't sell for shit. And I even bought that game and it wasn't all that great, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, let's not, let's not forget the most important thing is a lot of Gundam games suck. Yeah, um, a lot of Gundam games are like just bad cash and crap. That gets thrown out there that they know Gundam fans in Japan will just lap it up, <laughs> yeah, and suck it down. And they make so, it just to, just to put out there really quickly too. It, like so you see how some of the turnarounds are for some of those games. It's very it's, definition it's so, of cash cow. Yeah, like the I mean, games. And, and it so makes me sad. The dictionary for cash cow is that is that, is that what it's going to be? Yes, <laughs> Quite it'll be a, a cow. <laughs> with, a, with a Gundam head on it, and <laughs> can I have a picture <laughs> in the dictionary. Bills coming out of out of its uh, its belly. Or the well, American. So or if I go to school and look and, and look in the dictionary, I'll see that, right? Well, yeah. if it's a, if it's an American dictionary, it'll be actually he'll have a Darth Vader mask on because that's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's well, the American about, version. The thing about Gundam games in America, or rather the West, is that uh, they've always been a mismatch. For example, yeah. when Wing came out and Wing was a huge deal and it made it big here in America, what did they do? They released Rise from the Ashes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, that's stupid. <laughs> Which is a great game and I'm glad they released it, but that's the worst possible thing to have released because people are like, what the fuck is the Federation? What's the Xeon? <laughs> What's a GM? Where's Death Scythe? Where's Wing Zero? Where's Trace? You know. At a panel, didn't somebody uh, tell you that... Uh, they, they wonder what the heck a Zaku was and where the Leo was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these are actual complaints that I heard, and, I, and it's understandable because you see this game Gundam side story, and a lot, yeah. back then there were a lot of people who didn't know 
there was more than one Gundam universe. So they see this and they expect Gundam Wing, and then they get weird crap that doesn't have wings and giant cannons and they get Gundam explode and they're like, well, what the fuck is this? And also, you don't use any Gundams in that game. Yeah. Or do you see any? Yeah. So they brought over endless duel. Yeah, they they, they <laughs> yeah. should have, but the schizophrenia. <laughs> yeah, it was passe by that time. I mean, it. By the time we got Wing, the the console that uh, all the all the Wing games came on was pretty much passe. So they were certainly were going to port it to the PS One or anything like that. And then look what we got: those mediocre uh, battle assault games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. We got some crappy seed games. Mm-hmm. Yep. That freaking seed Wonderful. game to to Never Ending Tomorrow. God, was that game horrible? It was Jesus. bad. Yeah. Horrible. That bad. It was yeah. bad. <laughs> it was bad. horrible camera. Yeah, it had a real bad camera. Clunky, clunky controls too. I, hey, I, that, that's the thing that kills me in uh, in Gundam games. Is like they don't usually control very well. And and, and I'm not trying to like berate Bandai, but um, yeah, I mean, when you make a game, man, that intuitive feel that you get from a really well made game, you don't get from most Gundam games, man. Um, some of them you do. Like uh, we had mentioned in a, when when someone asked us an earlier question, what um, uh, what our thoughts on some Gundam games were, and I always revert back to uh gundam versus zeta gundam and federation versus zeon those games have an arcadey feel they're easy to get into easy to play and you know the objectives are, are pretty straightforward and Encounters um, in space was pretty good Encounters in space i i, I haven't it's all right before. but it was too short yeah, yeah. yeah. buy gundam versus zeta gundam how much is it because i just got a ps2 oh damn i wish i would have known i sold that I on got eBay for 20 bucks like, fucks, like a month ago yeah <laughs> i've been it for you <laughs> yeah, I've been selling on. Actually, the funny thing is, is all those games do hold their value on eBay. <laughs> the thing about Gundam games and their lack of quality, what I would say to Bandai is, Bandai, why can't you provide me a Gundam game that controls and plays like Zone of the Enders? Why can't you do that? Yeah, yeah. what yeah. a damn Konami did The SWO game was kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, Konami that, could do it, the right and they, they did it as one of the earliest titles of the PS2, and we're now on the PS3 most of its th- way through its life cycle, and you guys still can't compete with that. Or the fact that we get all those good versus games, and you only bring over like one or two. Or yeah, we haven't you know, had any versus games since Federation and AU- Zeta. <clears throat> yeah, Feder- Gundam versus Zeta Gundam, which basically yeah. was just AU versus Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we didn't get any of the seed ones on PSP, which were good games. Yeah. We didn't get the more recent verses that are all the universes. We're, of course, not getting extreme verses that comes out in Japan in December. And, you know, look, Dynasty Warriors. So. <laughs> again. Yet again. But to add to add one more thing and to ruin uh, Neo's news, which is not happening in this episode, there, there's a game that I'm real sad is not coming out here. Because um, well, it, it's not official that it's not coming out here. But no, not that one. Um, <laughs> besides that one. No, um, there's a game that just got announced. Uh, I guess it's uh, the Wooden Horse game, the one where you get to play Bright Noah as the captain of the White Base during the One-Year War. That one that just got announced for the PSP. I'd be very interested in playing that, but uh, that game isn't coming out either. So um, you could import it. Uh, you could, I could import it, but I'd like and, to be able and to learn and learn Moonspeak. No doubt. You know, I will say it'll come out when Endless Frontier XT comes out. Exactly. <laughs> given, Which is never. Uh, given how badly Gundam games tend to sell in America, it's a mm-hmm. miracle that we even get Dynasty Warriors. I kind of scratch my head sometimes about that. I, I think I think Endless Frontier sold well, didn't it? I think I think it sells well for what they're expecting it to sell. Which I is probably it, not much at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I yeah, bought it. You, you lower your expectations that low, nothing can disappoint you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, right, Peter? Whatever, so, one copy to this idiot named Austin. Yes! 
Scott, what were you saying? Oh, well, it's just that when Endless Frontier came out, Atlas was still small, so it made, like, Atlas money, which yeah. Atlas was happy with. But then yeah. Atlas put out Dark Demon Souls and, you know, made real money. <laughs> and then they're kind of used to real money now. Real money? So, so, so I don't count? No. <laughs> no, no we don't. <laughs> well, hey, you know... For hey, every Demon Souls and and a Catherine, there's lots of games that don't sell at all. So, yeah. not like Alice is always on the top of uh, the sales charts. They're remember, usually not. Remember the days of working designs? Those days are far long over. <laughs> you can't you can't cater to a small audience in the video game industry at all anymore. You just can't. Xeno uh, Saga. Yeah, that that you can't cater. Uh, even Xeno Saga is as hey, that had a decent audience, but that game still didn't sell gangbusters over, uh, overseas like. Uh, like some other RPGs have, so. Well, I would like... say it didn't do decently since they intended it to be like five or six games and only got out three. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it up. All exactly. three of which I bought for the wonderful price of forty-seven dollars. Hey man, good, freaking good, good on you, man. You made you made savings, man. That's that's freaking awesome. That is well, that's dope. I think uh, that's that's all there is to say about Gundam games, uh, mm-hmm. including mobile ops <laughs> and and crushed dreams and broken desires and mobile yeah. ops. Sweet. Hey, man. Because there's all the stuff that's going to come out thing. here like mobile ops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Torino, what were we gonna say real quick to close this out? Bandai, you deserve Bandai. a million bright slap from every Gundam fan. <laughs> In America, I mean, That's seriously, a, he, they deserve. You know, ten of us. Hmm? Uh, from all ten of us, <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll change their ways. Hundred thousand slaps from all ten. <laughs> is that what there? Is that what's gonna happen to them when they go to hell? Oh. Is that what hell is? Right, bro. So, bro. Hell is being slapped by fanboys. I'm <laughs> so, bro. No, I thought I thought hell was the M boys. Well, it'll be especially painful if it's Ava fanboys. Yeah. <laughs> That, now that's that's hell. hell. Is, uh, <laughs> hell. Spending eternity with Justin Bieber. Nice. <laughs> to- Torino, what were you saying? I doubt a band that would change their ways because how long has it been since Gundam Wing come out and they screwed up the franchise? Uh, you're right. Well, it could be a hope or a dreamer, but it ain't gonna. It ain't gonna change. They, they ain't gonna change, change shit. Anything, so. The little slow burn me is dying every day. Every day. As it should be. Hey, Chris, <laughs> with, if hoping and dreaming were currency, then we would all be in Candyland. No doubt. <laughs> well, Chris, take us home. Well, thank you all. You uh, are the last bunch, and thank you to all of the previous callers, and sorry to those few that we couldn't make it to before they had to go. Mm-hmm. And it was a blast having everyone. It's uh, been quite a ride these last four years and uh, hopefully the next four years will be just as interesting. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. Check it out, Gundam Nation. One of our longtime listeners, Eric Keith, has a new project on the horizon that he needs your help on. On the call-in show, I at the end, I plugged a webcomic I'm going to be working on, or I actually am working on now, where I'm the writer, and a gentleman named uh, Michael is going to be the, the artist. Well, in this webcomic, it is going to be based on the Dreamcast Gundam game called 0079 Side Story 
Rise from the Ashes. If you've never heard of it before, it was a really awesome first-person Gundam simulator where you played a, a member of the MS Team White Dingoes in Australia near where the uh, initial colony that Xeon dropped had landed and where Xeon, of course, have took, taken over. And you lead a small ragtag team of, of MS pilots and you fight against Dom, Zaku's, a ghost shows up and uh, at the end you fight some ridiculously overpowered Xeon tank called the Rhino, which was designed before the thing from Igloo, MS Igloo. The comic is going to be based on that game, and what I'm going to be doing is getting a group of people together that are fans of what the comic is about, and stick them in the background, and have them be, you know, not main characters, like you may not even have a speaking part, but what I want to do is I want to take you guys from the Facebook group, and from Mecha Talk, and if you're interested, I'll have my email address. Uh, down below. Send me a, a headshot of yourself, and when we start working on the comic and releasing it in about a year, and you just might actually see yourself in the background. You heard right. If you'd like to be a character in the background of this new manga project, definitely head on over to youtube.com slash channel 609. That's literally channel S-I-X-O-N-I-N-E and view the entire Rise from the Ashes video where Eric explains the whole concept. If you want to reach him by email, send him a message to erictkeith at gmail.com. And if you'd like to see the artwork of the um, artist involved, Mike Fontecchio, visit his DeviantArt account at mr-hayami, H-A-Y-A-M-I, dot deviantart.com. We wish Eric and Mike the best of luck with this project, and we can't wait to see how it turns out. Thank you guys, and I'll talk to you guys later on. Bye. What did the anime addicts say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? Who doesn't want to spin around, glow, and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. 12-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my wait, Charmander. Wait. Anonymous. I'm eating a sandwich <laughs> calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. Now I don't give a goddamn who you are. This is America, Jack. Now you say one more word about Lisa here, and I'm gonna break my foot off in your royal ass. Whew, that's a lot of talking. Need a lot of beer to uh, recover from that. So thank you to everyone who participated. That was our was it third call-in show. Yes, indeed. Yes, it was. Yes, and and the biggest one yet. We won't be doing it again for a long time. <laughs> or or if we can get it into if we can get some technology that works a little bit better than what we're currently using to speed up the process, that might be. Uh, might be I would nice. advise everyone to not hope and dream, so that way you yeah. won't be disappointed if you set low expectations. That is there true. You go. To be continued. So well, don't don't. Aim, this is the opposite of uh, of Gunbuster, right? Don't, don't aim for the top. Aim for the bottom. <laughs> for the bottom. Aim for the bottom. Gundam and MHQ. Nice. <laughs> I think that's gonna be our new logo. That is the new slogan. <laughs> that's, our new, <laughs> that's our new slogan. Aim for the bottom. Gundam.
Hey, some of the some of the worst TV shows that you know, or, or stuff like that, when the people that are part of it that admit that they're the worst, they're they're usually the most popular. So maybe that'll work for us. You so. never know. So as Neo mentioned at the top of the show, since this show is a little bit different, there was no Neo's news. There's also no mailbag this episode because as you've reach this end you see how freaking huge it is we want to go home absolutely so we'll be back to the regular business next time with all of the usual segments and two discussion topics but for now i could get to Sobro, who will tell us some websites that you all should visit in the meantime head on over where the magic happens mahq.net that's the mecca and anime headquarters also you can check out gundam's main website at gundam.net that's right it's spelled as it sounds also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. After listening to this episode, you should definitely check out Chaos Theater. And you can find it by going to chaostheater.blogspot.com. A jack-of-all-trades otaku podcast hosted by MAHQ and Gundam's own Chris Guanche and our favorite pedal bear south, Pedro Cortez. And last but not least, Shinjuku Station has a movie podcast. Shinjuku Station at the movies can be found at shinstation.blogspot.com. This may come as a shock, but another Gundam game is coming out in America, and it doesn't have Dynasty Warriors in the title. MAHQ is teaming up with OG Planet to give out codes for the upcoming beta test for SD Gundam Capsule Fighter Online. Now, if you're interested in one of these beta test codes, you should definitely head on over to mahq.net and follow the instructions in the latest post that give details about it. Also, follow mahqdotnet on Twitter in order to see when the latest codes are posted. The beta test runs from November 2nd to the 6th, so don't hesitate. Head on over to mahq and be one of the first 25 people to get a code for the beta test. Before we wrap up this gargantuan call-in show... I want to thank all 27 people who took the time out of their day to join us on this recording. The names will be listed in alphabetical order. And if I mispronounce your name, know that I meant it. Ha ha! Let's get it started. Nino Abweg. Elliot Aries, also known as EA Net Dude on the Mechatalk.net forums. And I just got to thank him again for editing that video commercial for us on YouTube. You guys should check that out. Of course, uh, one of our returning champions for the third call-in show in a row alex benson that's right the old limey man from england snoop 619 at the mecca talk forums we couldn't have done the show without you the cleanest man in the dirty south nathan Britt, aka nasty nate at mechatalk.net mr bushido our local star wars nut it was good having you on i can't forget doctor that's right veteran podcaster himself another returning champion of two times he is the lead cat on the ass backwards anime podcast you can uh find that podcast at ssaapodcast.com and you can follow him on twitter at ssaapodcast torino de guzman jr aka the black comet 1224 at the mecha talk forums the Frenchman himself, Xavier Dumoulin, and I'm pretty sure I slaughtered that, a.k.a. The Suspicious Red Lamp at Mechatalk.net, and you can follow him on Twitter at Crimson underscore Sinaju. He is also part of the podcast called The Decoration Disorder Disconnection Podcast, which Chris has shown up on, and you can find that podcast at theddcast.willysite.com. Com. Join him and Bakuhatsu, who missed out on this call-in show. I'm sorry, Jeff. On the DDD cast, and um, tell them that Gundam sent you. 
Ford R. The Goose, another returning champion, three times in a row. Good seeing you here, buddy. Robert Hayes, also known as the Arbiter Gundam. Well, he's one of our Megacon veterans, man. It was good talking to you again, Rob. Paul Hutchinson, that's right, the Welshman. I made the mistake of calling him the Scotsman, and he got down my he got in my ass. He is another returning champion, and he's also known on the boards as the Demon Lord of L5. I can't forget about Eric Keith and his many, many aliases. He, <laughs> he's another returning champion uh, twice over. He uh, is also known as Crestborn on the Mecha Talk boards whenever he um, rarely posts. And uh, Eggman in other circles. And on Twitter, you can follow him at E66M4N. And he has a YouTube channel, which is uh, YouTube.com slash channel 6 09. And I should um, say that channel 609 is actually spelled out completely. That's C-H-A-N-N-E-L-S-I-X-0-9. And the reason I mentioned that is um, you may have heard the commercial earlier where um, he was relaying his uh, upcoming project of uh, the Gundam Rise from the Ashes manga that he and his artist partner are working on. Uh, definitely check his uh, YouTube site out for more information by peeping that video. And um, get involved in that project. Hey, it sounds like it's going to be daring, and uh, looks like they got a lot lined up for that project. I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. Andrew Kenlin, Dustin Coplin, also known as Zionic Freak at the MechaTalk.net boards. Oh man, everybody's favorite pet bear north, Peter Laliberte. That's right, Destiny underscore Gundam at the MechaTalk.net forums and MAHQ.net. He is not only a pet bear, he's one of the staff members at MAHQ. Give it up for him. I'm glad he came out. Good hearing from you, Peter. It's been a while. Austin Lee, also known as the gatekeeper on the MechaTalk forums. And um, I like to call the cell phone warrior. <laughs> we had to patch him in through his cell phone. Uh, Sean McGrath, the Mecha Messiah, who uh, gave us that awesome topic a few episodes back. Uh, Alan Mendez, I'd be remiss not to mention um, him. He's also known as Hisui on the Reverse Thieves blog. You can find that at reversethieves.com. Uh, and he and Narutaki, who run the blog, which they review anime and um, other elements of uh, medium, they uh, also have a podcast called the Speakeasy Podcast, which you'll find at reversethieves.libsyn, that's S-Y-N, dot com. A really great podcast, and um, they're big fans of the Legend of the Galactic Heroes. So if you like that anime, make sure to check out their review of that as well, as well as, well as other reviews they've done. Um, follow them on Twitter at HisuiRT, that's H-I-S-U-I R as in reverse T as in thieves I gotta give it up to Alan He is one of the biggest retweeters Of any posts I put up about uh, Gundam And any episodes being posted up He's always been one to retweet that So is my man Doctor From the uh, SSAA podcast And I, I've gotta thank them both For spreading the word about our show And I'd like to do so likewise By uh, telling you guys about their podcast as well Next up is Will Poduski. Hopefully I said that right. And then we have another one of our favorite English listeners, Abinay Rao, the world traveler. <laughs> also uh, visits the uh, Facebook page quite a bit. And uh, it's good to see activity there. You guys should visit if you haven't been. Next up is John Carlo Rivera, who is also returning champion uh, on the MechaTalk.net forums. He's known as Vent ZX. And um, also on Twitter, you can follow him at Amaro1x. He is the host of his own podcast, which is uh, the AnyVision podcast, which you can find at AnyVision.org. Another great podcast that you guys shouldn't miss out on. And then we got Big Pimpin' himself, our man in the field, the man who's always in the mix, 
Dollar Relance, our intrepid editor of our yearly uh, wrap-up shows. He takes the best clips of uh, Gundam, and um, he edits them into uh, blowout specials. And you can look forward to another one at the beginning of next year. You can follow him on Twitter at Dollow-R, that's D-O-L-L-O-W-R. And um, you can visit his blog at Dollow Relance, that's uh, Dollow-R-L-A-N-C-E.blogspot.com. And then our last participants were Saber, who's straight out of Germany, man. Paul Singh, who's also known as Berserker8 on the Megatalk.net forums. Last, but definitely not least, I've got to thank Scott Watchter, who is our last returning champion and known as the Foul Sorceress on the Megatalk.net boards. You can follow him on Twitter at Foul, that's F-O-W-L, Sorceress, S-O-R-C-E-R-O-U-S, he also is joined by Jabman025, that's right, the Defender of Destiny, on the I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside podcast, which you can find at sbopodcast.blogspot.com. He also um, contributes to rpgamer.com. Check out his work there, too. And it was good talking to you all. Thanks for that, Solbro. And that wraps up definitely another show killer. Absolutely, man. This episode's going to be jam-packed. From Gundam at MHQ. You're wrong! You're Ms. Marita! That's how I knew it was you! I could feel you! Palau is your team's home, right? If the Federation gets the Unicorn back, they'll retreat! That's the rhetoric of an enemy pilot. Audrey's here too! She came to stop all the fighting! The Princess? Tell me where she is! Please consider not fighting just for now! Think of all the civilians at Palau! Like Mr. Gilboa and his family, they could die! If you surrender to me and tell me where to find the princess, we'll withdraw our forces, too. Look at you. You talk about how you want all the fighting to stop, but your perspective on it is that of the Federation. I'm not. I'm not on their side. You people are too single-minded. That's why Audrey doesn't want you to have the box. More rhetoric from the enemy. Gundam at MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. A proud part of the AAA Podcast Network. You follow drugs? You get drug addicts and drug dealers. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f*** it's going to take you.